is Rowena Dooley asking Sol citizens to report for duty. Tower, this is commercial vessel Calypso requesting EDL assistance. Thank you for contacting landing control. Entry, descent, and landing procedure initiated. Assuming navigation control. Thank you for using Pentatech EDL Assist. Enjoy your stay on ArcCorp.
next. Stand by, starting scan. By entering Area 18, you agree to abide by all laws and regulations set by ARC Corp and the UEE. Any violation will result in immediate prosecution. You're clear to go. Please exit the checkpoint. And greetings, greetings, welcome back to the Soul Citizens. I'm Griffin Gaming RPG, and we're back. Today is August the 20th, and I'm joined today by my good friend, Jade Star Watcher. Jade, how are you? I am good. As you can see behind me, I got Area 18, <laughs> so yeah, I'm good. I see you made a special occasion to make a trip to Area 18 just for this show, so yeah, it's pretty cool. All, all the way from Levski, but I have to represent, so that's yeah. why I got the the uniform on okay awesome i'm digging it i love that oh wow thank you uh for the sub um jade i know this video was a throwback right yeah <laughs> yeah and that was like before my time but i i saw it after you know i backed but, mm -hmm. um, yeah those graphics yeah wow yeah 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 those graphics right <laughs> well let me tell you because i was there right and uh, one of the reasons why we showed you guys that video was because this was our first introduction to our core. And as you could see, there are some elements that have carried over to this day, like the artwork in the center of area 18. Um, and some of the structure design is there, but you could also see that back then it was very reminiscent of, uh, for people who are into Star Wars, 
we saw it as Coruscant more than anything else, especially with all the air traffic fly, which I miss Jay. Yeah. Right. You know, yeah. I miss that. I miss that. They need to bring that back. Yes. Yes. Like, in some form. Yeah. Even though it was just graphics, it gave the feeling of something going on uh, in the city, you know, in the skies above it. And that was mm -hmm. something that the well, first time you go in, one of the reasons why you saw a lot of panning and looking around was this was a part of, as you saw, the CitizenCon 2014 presentation. And I remember, well, there's a lot of elements we could talk about, Jade, here. And yeah. I know we're focusing in on our core more than anything, but one of the biggest things that this demonstration moved beyond within a year of this, or I think it was a year or two of this, was when you saw this open up with the Connie arriving at Arcorp. And mm -hmm. back then you arrived and what you were supposed, we've talked about this before, what you're supposed to do is basically say, hey, I'd like to get landing permission. And then the EDL assist would come in and say, okay, we're, you know, you're clear to land, but you didn't do anything. Once you did that, it was like an automated cinematic of you being brought in, you know, by, by computers, right? And you just had to sit back and relax and you flew into the city and you would land. And then you as the player at that point <clears throat> would get up and walk around and do what you want to do. If you noticed, it was very cinematic. There were external shots, there were internal shots, and that yeah. was the way it was supposed to go. But as you know, Jay, a little later, all of that changed, right? We got this thing of being able to uh, control our own ships and fly where we wanted to fly, which is a big change. Yeah, and I, you know, I think that was a change probably that's more in line with what, you know, Chris Roberts would have wanted. Mm -hmm. um, like that automatic landing thing, mm -hmm. it's almost like, you know, it almost had the feeling of a cutscene to me. Which is what it was, which is, yeah. which is exactly what it was. This was, and, and to your point, Chris had said that one day we will get there where we'd be able to fly down, but it was not expected to happen within the next couple of years. You know, it was, it was one of those things that was just on the list. Eventually we'll get there. But, but here's the cool part, Jade. We were yeah. excited still. You know what I mean? We were, it, we didn't feel like we lost anything. We're like, oh, this is great. You know, right. Come again. this landing sequence is pretty cool, you know? Yeah. Um, but you could see how there was, like I said, some things that, like we saw customs in there, right? You know, which mm -hmm. we haven't seen activated yet, but there you get an idea of what customs was supposed to be. Like you couldn't carry weapons into the city. You'd have to check them in before you go in. And so when we finally did get our outside of the social module version of our core, um, we kind of understood where they were trying to go with all that stuff. You know, it wasn't just yeah. cosmetics, you know, that there is yeah. some purpose. Yeah. yeah. And every landing zone has that, that customs check. Yep. So it, it's something that, you know, that's a, one of those future things. Yep. Probably from when they removed the armistice zones. Yep. Absolutely. Even, even Levski, right? When you come in Levski, yeah. they've got a customs oh, yeah. check in when you come Levsky. in there. Right. You got to respect the local authority. There you go. There you go. Yeah. Let's give some shout outs here. Thrakazogs, thank you for that gift sub to Jade. Big Black Gaming, BBG, good to see you. Thank you for your resub. And also Abyssian, thank you as always for your sub as well. We appreciate you guys being here. Um, before we jump into this, uh, our show today, as you can see, is entitled Our Corp, a system tour. This is a part of our system tour series. We began it last month with Hurston, and we're basically going in the order of how the different systems or the different planets and moons were issued out by CIG. And so this week or this month, we are doing Our Corp. And so Jade and I are going to kind of take you guys through a little journey, give you some interesting stuff about lore, maybe some things you didn't know. I saw a couple people in chat said they had never seen that video that we just looked at, for example. I'm going to yeah. try to expose you to all the cool stuff out there. But our core, our core is my home. That's one of my homes. For my main, it's my home. I know, Jade, 
Elevsky love. I get it. Yeah. I get it. You but know, no, you and D, you and DK, I think you like you know Area 18 and Art Corps because it's kind of like Chicago. <laughs> I don't know if it's because it's like Chicago. Uh, to be honest with you, it's kind of weird, Jay. To be honest with you, because when we got Hurston at first, mm-hmm. Hurston kind of had a Blade Runner feel. You yeah. know, because this is before we had Art Corps. Because the music and stuff kind of reminded me of it a little bit more. You know, it's a little bit more esoteric music there. But yeah. our corp, once that came out with the holographic, you know, big tall advertisements in the fizz can, that definitely looked more like Blade Runner. But I actually liked our corp because I liked the lore better there. You know, they're not as bad as Hurston. Right. They're not as good as like, you know, Orison and Microtech maybe. But because our corp's kind of got treacherous stuff going on too, by the way, y'all. It's not like, mm-hmm. it's not like heaven at our corp either. But I preferred them over Hurston a little bit more. Um, and even though Hurston's great because technically it's centrally located within the system to get to everything, I was willing to take the, you know, take the, the, the hit and stay at our core better. Not to mention, you know, my woman lives there too. So I'd have to go there. For yeah, of course. Well, right? We'll talk <laughs> about her in a little bit later. <laughs> exactly. But, exactly. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, our corp and, uh, Hurston are often tied for the worst corporation in the yep. universe. Just, yep. just so people know, you yep. know, it, it, like you said, it isn't, you know, it isn't all, uh, not all roses. Yeah. Not all roses and cyberpunk vibes. <laughs> exactly. But yeah. That's a good, that's a good analogy. We're going to look at lore makers because lore makers will break down some stuff. Maybe that you guys didn't know about our core, but before we get to that, let's jump into cover our beginning things here. First off, you guys know that we've been doing our, um, our uh, fundraiser for St. Jude Children's Hospital. And we are doing that all the way until October 22nd, the culmination of CitizenCon. And you guys have been amazing. You have helped us reach our third goal, our third tier. We were at 500 and 1,000. Last week, we reached 2,000. Now here comes the next big challenge, big challenge. And that's gonna be the $3,000 mark. Why is that a big challenge? It's not a challenge for you because we know you guys can drop a thousand bucks just like that, right? The challenge is going to be for us because if you guys drop another thousand dollars, we are obligated to do a 12 hour live stream. You hear that, Jade? So get ready to pick your hour. 12 of us what? be ready. 12 hour okay. live stream. All okay. Right. So right. we're going to do, be you'll be ready. All right. I'll so we're going to do a 12 hour live stream and we're going to have guests come in and hang out with us. And no, no hot tub streams, guy. No hot tub streams. But we are going to do a 12 hour stream. Uh, we're going to do some giveaways. We have an angel donor who's given us some very cool stuff to give away. And we are just really excited about this upcoming $3,000 tier mark. And you guys can help us get there. So we are currently at 2000 if I'm reading that correctly with my bad eyesight, $45. That means we have another $955 over the next couple of weeks. We want to hit that $3,000 mark by the end of August. I'm going to be ambitious, Jade. End of August. I, All right? Mm-hmm. I think, then, okay. You think we can do it? Because I think if we do that, this is my plan. If we hit 3,000 at the end of this month, or even like the first week of next month, then in September, and we do that 12 hour thing, we'll hit that five grand with no problems. You know, and then after that, we got to put the push in. We got to put the push in for the next 30 days to get to that $10,000 mark. So I know you guys are going to make it happen. If you've given already, we appreciate you. If you haven't given and you don't have it, that's okay. But tell somebody, give them the link. Tell them, hey, this is a good cause. Maybe you're not in the Star Citizen, but you definitely know about St. Jude Children's Hospital. Send them the link for it. There's a QR code that pops up. Go on our Twitter. That's there too. You can get it from there and send it to people. And believe it or not, people will give. You don't have to twist a lot of people's arms because people get it when it comes to children and cancer. So we really want to encourage you guys for that, okay? Um, Jay, let me tell you about what else happened before we get into our core. All right. On yesterday, 
yesterday, yesterday. Let's see if it changes. There we go. Yesterday was the Chicago Bar Citizen and Maiden Ariana was the host this time around. And we had a great group of folks there. Some folks that you see there in that picture, there's some folks who weren't, they left because we took this toward the end of the event. But there were about 40, 45 people that came out yesterday and it was a really, really, really nice time. Some of the people were the people that were here um, at the November one when CIG came. And then we had some new faces that popped up this time as well. And as you know, Soul Citizens was represented. We were there helping out with what we could with Maiden Ariana. She had some giveaways. She gave away four, four, she gave away two paintings, two original oil paintings that were done that were signed and all the, had all the authenticity stuff to them. And then she had a, she gave away a Drake cutter. She gave away a vulture, a mole, wow. a mole, and I don't know, DK's in chat. DK, maybe you remember what the other item was. I can't remember what the fourth ship was, but they were all like, each one was different. It was very, very cool. All the stuff that they gave wow. away. Oh, 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 it was a nomad. It was a nomad. Okay. Yeah, it was a nomad. So a couple points of interest here that I want to show folks, okay? One of them is, there we go. There's DK hanging out with me. He's got his soul citizen shirt on, showing off those muscular, sporty legs of his. Across from him is Maiden Ariana. And next to him is a buddy I met. He's here, in fact, today. Uh, yogurt, I saw you were here. Um, I met, well, I won't say his real name, but I, I met him yesterday and I gave him a shout out in the tweet in the tweet uh, this morning when I got up. But um, Dropped Yogurt came and he drove down from Milwaukee. And let me tell you how dedicated this guy is, Jade. He's been in the game for one year. Mm -hmm. He and his buddy came down on Friday, thinking the event was on Friday. <laughs> And found out it was Saturday. And he came back Saturday and hung out all day. So he had a real good time. It was a really great time talking with him. Uh, we, we were there for like, I was there for like three and a half hours yesterday. And I finally had to get out of it because I'd had a long day. Um, also sitting at the table with us was a gentleman. I had never met this guy before. Yesh um, on the left there. And had a great, let me tell you what the conversation with him was, Jay, because this is what you'll appreciate. He okay. is an OG backer. He beats out. Either he beats Unique or he's been around as long as Unique. Whoa. Because he was around during golden ticket time, which meant okay. that he was there before October when everything closed out. He was there before they went to Gamescom and Chris made the announcement, okay? But here's the thing that I think you'll appreciate that he had on him. And I was like, ooh, can I see that? You recognize that? Uh, that's the black card. That's the black card. All right, y'all, I know it's reflecting. That ain't that silver card that GSCIG put out. That is a real official and you can see on it, it says Founders. That is an original black card. You don't see those very often. And uh, he has definitely held on to his and kept it in pristine condition. And uh, we had a real good time just talking about the progress of the game, going through all these years. How are we managing it? How are we handling it? Things we're anticipating, things we're excited about. So I want to give out a shout to, yes, I want to give a shout out to Dropped Yogurt. I want to give a shout out to, um, who else was there yesterday? Uh, Mike, I got a chance to talk with Mike and last but not least, Ken, Ken was a really sweet guy, a really nice guy. Came up to me as soon as I walked in the door, he's like, Oh my God. And I'm like, Oh my God. <laughs> so I thought, <laughs> he recognized me, you know, but he was yeah. such a nice guy. And he, he was wanted me to tell people about, you know, I'm just hanging out and he's like, you need to tell people about soul citizens, blah, blah, blah. He was really just a sweet guy. So he was really, really nice and uh, very encouraging to what we do. And we had a lot of people who said some really encouraging things. But yesterday was a really, really great day. So once again, to Maiden Ariana, thank you. You guys, please make sure that you guys uh, 
do bar citizens make go to one and if you don't have one in your area organize one um you'd be amazed at people who would be interested to come out i've gone to bar citizens where i've been there and this has been three people i've been to bar citizens when there have been 150 people and no matter which one i go to never feels like wasted time always a lot of fun so really want to encourage you guys to connect with the community as much as you possibly can okay all right that's all of my superficial stuff or my, you know, stuff that has nothing to do with our Corp J. So you ready to jump into it? Absolutely. Okie dokie. We showed you guys that opening video. Uh, hopefully it didn't scare you, but hopefully it did let you see how much our core has, what's the word we want to use, Jade? Evolved, changed, yes. expanded. And, it, and it'll evolve even more. It will evolve even more. We'll get more. to that later. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So we're going to go ahead and give you guys a little bit of history, and then we're going to watch a little bit of Lore Makers. Uh, and, there was, and if you guys want to know where this is, we'll put the link in for you, but it's the Lore Makers that was on Stanton. And they do talk about each one of the planets. But I really want you to hear what they have to say about Lore. It's easier than me and Jade spitting it out, but I think there'll be some stuff that you'll find very interesting about that. So before we do that, let's go ahead and read this very first long blurb that we have here about Stanton. Uh, Jay, why don't you take that first part? I'll take the second part. <clears throat> Absolutely. So, Art Corp Stanton 3 is a super earth in the Stanton system owned and terraformed by the Art Corp Corporation. In just 80 years, all the terrain of the planet has been sculpted, zoned, and built upon, leaving very little left for nature. The third, part, uh, third planet in Stanton carries an ironic distinction with it because the planet was sold to fund the synth world yet it's been transformed into at least on the surface a synthetic world Take, and they're taking a page out of uh, the Gian approach to geoplanning uh, Art Corp sculpted, zoned and built upon the primary land masses to maximize their earning potential and they will rent an office factory or production space to anyone with the credits to pay mm -hmm. And even though an overwhelming portion of the planet is covered in unending sprawl, there are only a handful of areas travelers are allowed to land. Of those, <clears throat> one has become the most trafficked. The planet is the single most industrialized world in human space. It consists of a layer after layer of factory, so many that today building additional structures is actually impossible. New facilities are built on top of existing ones. The R-Corp's special, oh, I'm sorry, the R-Corp's official headquarters is located here in the massive R Corp tower that rises above all other parts of the factory world. Jay, do me a favor and talk a little bit about, a lot of times people, like I said, when they think of R Corp, if they're a yeah. Star Wars fan, sometimes their mind automatically drifts to Coruscant, which literally is completely surrounded in nothing but structure and, and buildings. But R Corp isn't necessarily 100% buildings, right? There is some natural biomes and things. Why don't you tell people about that? Because yeah. maybe they don't know it. Right. So originally when um, they were, you know, putting together the lore for Art Corp, it was going to be course. Mm -hmm. But um, as in the lore makers, they had consulted with uh, astrophysicists and they, you know, kind of said, hey, look, if you want to have like weather, mm -hmm. you know, and, and things like that, it, it's going to probably not really, <laughs> you know, fit. Right? Yeah. Uh, and so they get all it back to, you know, being more sensible. So you notice from what uh, was just read by Griff, they, they're talking about the land masses, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, Art Corp will have oceans. Um, we were even shown 
way back, I think it was 2017 or 2018, it was 2018, hmm. um, a picture of an eclipse over, quote, art court, but you could see mountains, you could see the cities, hmm. but you could also see mountains in the distance. So, you know, not every part of art corp has been built on upon. Um, so I assume we'll have some wilderness areas and uh, definitely the oceans yeah. um, when they, and they've, not just, I'm not just assuming or saying, yeah, you know, I'm hoping mm -hmm. this is something that both the planetary team, planetary tech team, um, level design, and the narrative team have all answered questions on most of the time for me uh, on the uh, various Friday shows throughout the years, you know, yep. like um, uh, Star Citizen Live and mm -hmm. before that, Around the Verse, not Around the Verse, uh, Reverse the Verse. Reverse the Verse, yeah. Yeah. No, that, that's good stuff. Thanks for sharing that. And I think this is another thing too. A lot of people never really knew that our corp is actually a terraformed world. That's another yeah. factor. Some of you guys have seen movies like, um, oh God, what was the movie with, that was a total recall, you know, the, where there's this the planet where the, the oxygen and stuff is actually being produced by machines, right? Remember there was a big thing about the machines pumping oxygen into certain parts of the, of the cities. And so, and you're right, biologically, you got all mechanical, or you know, all planets and something, but buildings. You're gonna, have some, yeah. well, you can forget about weather, basically. Yeah, you basically, can forget about right? having the atmosphere, right? Because right. yeah, yeah, the a clouds, lot of clouds aren't yeah. gonna be there. There's a whole lot of stuff that you got issues yeah. with. So, if you want to have some type of uh, ec ecological biome, there there needs to be something. So I'm glad to hear that personally. I like the fact that they've got the different areas that are these mega monolith type of industrialized areas, but. I'll be honest with you. I'm hoping that they do have these areas that you can go to that have natural something to them. Like you said, mountains yeah. or ranges or whatever. I don't want any deserts necessarily, but I would like to have some places that you can go that can justify oxygen and things like that. Yeah, go ahead. No, could you imagine taking like an elevator down through the levels mm. to a beach near Area 18 Ooh. and you look up and all you see above you mm -hmm. is like city. Yeah. But then when you look out to the, you know, to the mm -hmm. ocean, you you see city, but it's way in the distance. You it just see be. like yeah, through the haze and everything. It, it would be a very epic view. I'm curious if CIG is going to do something that is connects the different areas. You know what I'm saying? A, a speed yeah. tram, something that takes you through. So it's not a matter of always flying, but right. if you're a resident, you could just get on this special tram that goes from area six to area seventeen. You know, some, I think that would be cool too. You know, yeah. first of all, the economy of it too, because flying your ship every time somewhere, you know, if you don't need yeah, there's to. No, there's no reason why the yeah. existing city flight transit couldn't like take you to those places. Yeah. I think that might even be why they, they made them sky buses and mm -hmm. not a train on rails yep. because it, you know, it's easier to go up and down those layers. Absolutely. It's really sci-fi. Mm, yeah, exactly. It's cool. Got a cool factor to it. So I hope they do do that. Um, Okay, well, listen, that gives us our intro into this thing about R Corp. We're going to get ready to show you guys now this video uh, that is a section from uh, Loremaker's Guide to the Galaxy on Stanton. And then we're going to talk about that a little bit. And then we're going to start talking about the planet type and some other things. Okay, so here we go. Check it out. Next, we have R Corp. And so R Corp is an interesting one. Uh, There's another planet that sort of went through some, some changes. The original, you know, pitch for it was that sort of Coruscant type uh, planet where it's like just one massive megacity. 
uh, type thing, but we sort of walked that back a bit. You know, it was initially described as like every square inch of it had been developed and stuff like that, but now we're sort of sticking it to land masses because there's sort of sciencey stuff that that you know, like weather and stuff like that, that would be affected by um, uh, everything being basically a city. Anyway, uh, but still got the same vibe, and it's you know, the thing I really love about it. It's got that that almost cyberpunky. Uh, urban megacity type feel to it, which is really, really cool. Uh, but um, our corp as a company um, is basically, like I mentioned earlier, is a, it's just a conglomerate. It's just a megacorp and sort of the truest definition of the word that just absorbs other companies. It is the blob, I'll say it again. Uh, but like, if you've ever done research in sort of like massive corporations in the real world and you see sort of like, oh, this one company owns these 150 different products and stuff like that. It's, it can be very, it's, it's very weird. And it's that, that was the type of thing that we were sort of going for with them was that their, their sort of business is absorbing other businesses. Uh, but um, uh, in keeping with that mentality, that's why they sort of turned this planet into a massive business and production park. Uh, you know, they probably provide incentives and stuff like that to try and lure companies to sort of base their operations out of here and stuff like that. Um, and you know, the one of the ideas was that in its construction, or when they were sort of initially surveying, assessing the planet, and, and starting to, to plan out how they were going to build on it, that they had uh, been inspired by uh, the Xi'an factory worlds, which were sort of this idea that the Xi'an designate worlds for function. Uh, like they've gotten to the point where they're like, you know, this planet is going to be a production world, and this planet is going to be an agricultural world, and, and stuff, and they stick to it. Like it's not. A mishmash. It's it's they will just zone planets to to serve specific functions, and so that was sort of the idea with this was that maybe that they the 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 creators who were building it were sort of inspired by that kind of that idea of like they wanted to make a business world. Um, the more cynical people tend to believe that the reason why they're doing it is not out of some interesting alien um, sort of environmental theory approach, but actually that they're just using it as a way to uh, bring companies in so they can keep an eye on them and figure out if there's somebody that they would like to absorb. So uh, it's one of the two. Uh, so a little background of actually uh, Corp itself. The company itself actually started out as an exploration consortium uh, back in the 27th century, which is pretty awesome. Uh, and after several sort of failed ventures, they ended up uh, using their sort of remaining assets to transition into acquiring uh, mining rights for recently discovered planets. And that actually turned out to be sort of the, you know, the, the, the smart move and uh, became much more profitable and positioned them to basically absorb their first company, which was a terraforming outfit that they had been working with called BCK. Uh, and so from there, they basically became a mining slash terraforming consortium. And now you're talking huge, huge, huge money. And uh, but it was actually once they snagged a company called Novalite uh, that developed fusion engines that that's what's the thing that basically they actually became known for was the development of these sort of massive industrial fusion engines. Okay. Um, that's giving us some background there. One, the thing that caught me off guard, Jade, on this, and you know, you read this stuff years ago and then it comes back up and it's like, oh yeah, I forgot about that. I forgot that there was this feeling that's, that our corp was basically just to be this big conglomerate that just swallowed up every company, <laughs> you know, yes. possible, right? I mean, there, there is a side that, in, you know, 
everybody can have their feelings about this and I don't want to go too deep in this, but I, but Jade, I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. Science fiction has in many, many times often through telling of a story or creating certain worlds, try to deliver a message that mirrors what happens in real life. Right. And Star Trek was notorious for that. They'd come up with stories that were out in space about something, but maybe it had something to do with the civil rights movement or it had something mm -hmm. to do with equality or whatever. Right. Yeah. And, and here on that corporate capitalism side of it, we still see that 900 years in the future, uh, that there is still this dynamic of big companies having tremendous power over the little guy, right? Whether it's Hurston right. or corporate, whatever, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, you know, you look at that and it's, it's basically scaled up. Whoa. Thank you for the follow. But yeah, it's, it's, it's a scaled up, you know, version of a, of what, of, you know, what's in the world now. And it's, it's extrapolated out 930 years mm -hmm. and, you know, it, it's based on the whole greed is good, you know, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. laissez-faire capitalism, mm -hmm. absorb everything you can because you can. Right. Because of. you can. Yeah, yeah. 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 And, you know, I, sometimes I wonder, uh, when we look at, um, science fiction mm -hmm. and when those messages are there, I'm often wondering when, when I, when I finally realized that, oh, there's things, because some people, some people would say, oh, you're trying to preach, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. and, and they look at it as a negative, right? Yo, yo, thank you so much for that raid yeah. party of 15. Thank you. Yo, yo, good to see you. And, and by the way, great. I didn't know you were going to be, you know, I did know, but I forgot you were on Yacht Club last week. So I got to go back and watch the episode. I'm sure you did a great job. And thank you, Yo-Yo Meggers. I don't know what Yo-Yo calls for folks that come over, but thank you guys for coming over. Very happy to be here. Appreciate that. T-shirt guy. Thank you for that follow. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, but yeah, I'm always curious whether or not, you know, people see the mis the messages. You know, it doesn't mean you got to change your life, but does it challenge people to think about things? You know what I mean? Um, so yeah, our corp and Hurston are definitely <clears throat> a bit on the oppressive side. They also talked about it being dangerous, right? Yeah. The dark alleys of our corp and there's a, there's black market stuff and whatnot. That's supposed to yeah. be a part of going into our corp as well. Um, there was a video I didn't get to pull Jade. Um, it was from 2019. It was the Kruger Jacks video. And in that video, I'm, I don't know how come this didn't click with me when I watched it then, but in that video, Jax is talking and he says, Jimmy is going to go get this ice cream cone and I'm going to test out this P-72 to see if I can fly to area six and go to this creamery and get back before he gets out of line. And you literally see Jax go there. And now I'm going to go to area six now because I want to see if that creamery is there. Do you know if it's there? Yeah. Well, I've I've been to Area Six and I've not found. Looked the around because you know that the painting yeah. is in the game from the right. with the Redeemer, right? Right. Right. Okay. I'm curious that, if that Creamery is in there. If if it is, you know what? If maybe okay, CIP has <laughs> said that they've hid Easter eggs. Right. There's a bunch we haven't found yet. Right. So maybe 
it is there. Yeah. It's, a, it's another reason to go back to you there know, you go. If, you don't, if you don't go. There you go. I'm going to get to go on a hunt. Maybe we'll do that on one of our Saturday night things. We'll just all go out there. Hunt for the creamery. Fly, fly around area six and see if we can find the creamery. Yeah. So we'll take a dark night says he's in there now. He's going to start looking. <laughs> he's going to start all looking right. now. Okay. Jade, I'm going to leave this next section to you because this is yep. your area here. And this is talking about the planet type of what our core is. So why don't you go ahead and read that and then elaborate on it? <clears throat> yep, I will do that. So ArtCorp is a super Earth and super Earth is an extrasolar planet. that's got mass higher than Earth's, but substantially below those of soul systems, ice giants like Uranus, Neptune, which are 14.5 and 17 times the Earth's mass respectively. And so I would say that, you know, you start super Earths around uh, 2.4 uh, Earth masses and you go up to 10. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, that's, there's, there's a, there's probably a transition between, you know, like Earth-like planets and super Earths, so more like three to 10 Earth masses. And um, we don't have any planets like that in our solar system that we know of for a fact, although planet nine would fit in the category of a super earth possibly. Mm -hmm. um, it, it's in that, it would be that boundary between like a, a ice giant and a super earth. Cause there's not, there's not like a hard, fast boundary between these things, mm -hmm. you know, but um, yeah, there's, we have categories, boxes. We have to put things in boxes, right? Right, right. So we can, uh, you know, understand them better. So. Super Earths are, um, you know, obviously they're more massive and um, they are one of, well, and this may be because of the way that we search for planets, but they appear to be uh, one of the most common types of planets in uh, the universe. So it's, it's kind of interesting that our solar system doesn't have a super Earth that we absolutely know of. Um, and if, if there's anything else you'd like me to uh, go on about super earth. No, no, go yeah. ahead. Go ahead. There's something else that you think is yeah. relevant or, or yeah. even something in relation oh, to the you, game even. Something. Sure, yeah, go yeah. ahead. I, I can give you um, examples. So mm -hmm. like, in, you know, like in real life, um, there's a whole list of potentially habitable planets. And uh, qu quite a few of those are super Earths, but we, you know, we just don't know. We, we haven't gone there. We haven't been able to like, you know, categorize their atmospheres. Um, but one of the characteristics uh, of super Earths that's thought to, uh, to, you know, possibly be a thing is that some of them wouldn't have lost their uh, hydrogen helium atmospheres. So that would explain why a company like Art Corp would have to come in and terraform it, right? Because with more, you know, more mass, um, mm. they might have retained, uh, you know, hydrogen helium atmosphere. Let me ask you a question about terraforming sure. real quick before we move mm -hmm. on. I mean, you know, scientifically, you guys, mind you, I'm asking Jade this not because, you know, it's her hobby. I mean, she has a career and education and background in, in this, in these areas. Is terraforming... I'm not saying is it practical. I'm saying have 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 scientists ever said like what it would take to terraform? Because like I'm I'm using a movie now. In yeah. aliens, it took them like something like 80 years. It was a long time. You know, once they set up things to terraform, it took a long time to bring the atmosphere levels to certain places and everything else. Is that a real thing? Or is it just theoretical? Is it something that I, you know? It's, mm -hmm. it's 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 
it's an engineering problem, not right. a scientific problem. It's like it, it's not like trying to make a, a workable lightsaber. Let's put it that right. way. So right. like, yeah, and depending on the planet, there would be different um, techniques to terraform it. It depends on what you have to do, right? Okay. Um, so like terraforming Mars will be very different than terraforming Venus because mm -hmm. they're very different planets, yes. right? Right, and right, right. So there would not be a one size fits all <laughs> terraforming right. uh, solution. Right. Um, it would be a set of technologies and set of techniques, anything from crashing comets into a planet to, you know, putting potential fossil fuel burning uh, things on a planet to give it a thicker atmosphere that then can uh, keep heat in, you know, like wanting to create a greenhouse effect mm -hmm. um, would be a form of terraforming as well as getting rid of a hydrogen helium atmosphere um, and, you know, maybe seeding it with you know, cyanobacteria or something that uh, could start, you know, producing oxygen mm -hmm. and things. Yeah, like there's a whole list of things from biology to chemistry to physics itself that would be involved with, with uh, terraforming. And so it's, we can imagine these things, mm -hmm. um, but, you know, obviously we're not living on other planets yet. So we, they're still in the realm of science fiction because we haven't done it yet. Gotcha. But it's not, it's not impossible. Now, with ArtCorp, it's been, it's like 80 years, right? That, mm -hmm. You know, and... I would assume whatever, you know, they are doing, um, would have sped up that process. process. When we mm. talk about terraform yeah, ter terraforming IRL, you're talking like a thousand years. <laughs> right. You're right. not talking, right. Right. you know, you're not Genesis talking device. next month Be a boom next and it's year, done. Yep. I or next you. century, even right. you're talking, yeah, you're yeah. talking a millennia yeah. at least. Yeah. And, and even something as simple as the scale of the planet or the moon, huge yeah. factor. You know, I mean, this is a planetary body. It's not a moon. It's a, uh, I can't even imagine how long it would take, you know, let alone for everything else to evolve naturally. It, that's just, I, I was just asking, because I was just kind of curious yeah, how, no, no. how theoretical that's it was, you know, really, sounds good, you know. Yeah, it's a, re it's a really good question. Yeah. And, you know, we, like, we, we don't really know what it would take to terraform a super Earth because we're still learning a lot about super Earth. So there's, a, they're shrouded in mystery and James Webb is helping to, uh, mm -hmm. you know, peel back that shroud a little mm -hmm. bit. Yeah. Pramster, thank you for that sub. Appreciate you. 16 months. Thank you, thank you, thank you as always. Okay, let's go ahead and jump into this next segment then. Uh, let's turn that off and that off and go here. This is just some brief history stuff here for you all uh, about our core. Um, the, world was, the world was occupied and claimed by the United Empire of Earth in the 29th century, along with the rest of the Stanton system, <clears throat> excuse me, from the existing inhabitants. In 2865, it was sold to the company. Unlike other corporate planets, our corp decided to partition off the planet into smaller lots rather than reserve it for future development. Other companies, always non-competitors, sprung up rapidly around the globe at a speed never before seen until the orb reached its current state. This goes back into what we saw uh, being read to us during the lore makers that the our court basically compelled or drew in other companies to reside there, whether it was because of convenience or whether it was because, as was mentioned in the Lore Makers uh, episode, they were doing it to keep an eye on them. <laughs> uh, there was some motivations for why this, these corporations, I think this is over 150 companies that were there, something like that. It was some crazy number. Uh, 
uh, that reside there. Uh, and that's their thing. They basically are a monolithic company that swallows up smaller companies and puts them all under the umbrella of our corp. And, 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 and Jade, it was the, the thing that they're known for creating these engines, right? Was it ion engines or I forget what they said, what type of engines it was. Um, yeah, no, it was, uh, it was antimatter, was it, um, you was know, it antimatter? like, uh, well, okay. well, or fusion, fusion, fusion thrusters. That yeah. was their big thing yeah. first was like fusion thrusters. Producing these major, these engines and stuff. That's one of the things that they're very much known for. Okay. Yeah. And very then, cool. you know, oh. obviously later, um, you know, they have quantum drives, yep. they produce that too. Absolutely. And their factories are super dangerous. But mm. I think we're going to get to that. Yep. <laughs> okay. Why don't you read that one, the company? Sure. Absolutely. So the company of Art Corp steamed a mega corporate monster by the Terra Gazette for their growing portfolio consisting of acquired companies and even an entire planet. Art Corp had previously been best known as the manufacturer of immensely popular quantum drives and thrusters. However, since their purchase of Stanton III from the UEE, their dedication to the creation of a privately owned manufacturing world has overshadowed the company's other accomplishments. With its place as one of the largest corporations in the empire firmly intact, it's hard to believe that Art Corp first iteration failed. Okay. It's like you said, quantum drives, thrusters, that's yeah. the thing that they've been really, and now that's their big thing that they produce. I'm sure it'll be interesting to see if there's some other things that unfold about that company beyond that, because I know everything's kind of still, and even the lore makers, and by the way, guys, lore makers came out between 20, it was a 2017 and 2018, 2016, 2017, something. There was like a two, three year period that they produced those. And a lot of times when you watch lore makers, there's a lot of information in there that is very minimal. And over the years, when you go back and look in the Galactopedia, you'll see where they have expanded. So if you're interested in the topics that we're talking about and some stuff you saw in the video, go to the Galactopedia. Quite often you'll see that they have fleshed out the lore a bit more. And, I, and Jade, correct me if I'm wrong, if it gets into the Galactopedia, it's probably gonna be like pretty solid, you know? Yeah, probably. typically, you know, you know. And I'm they saying Galactopedia, reserve, none yeah. of that website stuff. I'm talking about the Galactopedia. The, the Galactopedia. <laughs> so uh, they they do, however, because they mm -hmm. have to have that flexibility, mm -hmm. reserve the right to retcon certain things. Yep. And, you know, as we've seen with Pyro. So mm -hmm. e even though it's in the Galactopedia, it's still not written in stone until the game is released. Exactly. 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 Okay. All right. We're going to hit the next one here. This is an interesting one about the politics. Although the planet is in the jurisdiction of the UEE, it is not represented in the UEE Senate to avoid possible corruption. Now, Jade, I tried to look up some stuff on this and figure out what exactly that meant. I, I mean, I get it to a certain yeah. degree. Um, you don't want the big business to be involved because their influence and their money could definitely sway decisions that maybe the Senate is going to do. So I'm wondering if there's just a ban in general, because I'm wondering, like, are the Hurstons in there? Yes. The entire Stanton system is this way. There's none of the planets. None of the planets are represented. Yeah. Was that part of their deal, wasn't it? Or something? Was that part right. of their deal? Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah because, because of that very reason is that there would be too much influence. Um, they mm. wouldn't really represent their people. They'd be right. representing their business, business interests. Interest. Mm -hmm. However, that leads to the problem that those people aren't represented. <laughs> exactly. So it's taxation without representation. Yep. Where have we heard that before? Yep. So, yeah. Yep. It's, it's kind of a damned if you do, damned if you don't scenario to a certain degree. Because <laughs> exactly. the people have no voice. 
in, yeah. in their subject. What a voice move to Levski. Well, ah, there you go. Wait a minute. <laughs> Listen, let me tell you about our good friend Colossal, who you know resides and loves Hurston, okay? Mm -hmm. He has no problem with that autocratic government over there running people's lives. His attitude is, if you sign the contract, welcome to Hurston. That's the way Isn't he feels. Isn't he like a Sith in Star Wars? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Okay, that explains exactly. exactly. You know, that is his attitude about, matter of fact, by the way, guys, if you ever go to Hurston and Colossal's on, if this is, this is the God's honest truth, y'all, I'm telling you, he will do this. He will meet you at your hangar standing there with a plastic bag to put over your head when you get there. All right. I'm just letting you know, he actually does do that. Okay. All right. That's the politics side. All right. We're going to talk a little bit about the stuff that you guys quite often see and hopefully give you a little bit of background on some of these. And that's the POIs. Um, Jay, when I wake up, I wake mm -hmm. up at Adira Falls Apartments. Um, yes. A planet completely occupied by companies means qualified workers are always in demand. Many independent contractors use Area 18 as their central hub, grabbing a hab at the Adira Falls apartment between gigs. Now, that was one of the reasons also why I chose to go here versus Hurston, because even though there are people who work at R Corp, just like Hurston, the difference is that there's also room for independent contractors, people who just want to use that as their place to stay. Um, also, I think, I, you know, when I look at Hurston compared to our corp with where I want to reside, let me tell you guys, unless you got a lot of money living in Hurston, you're going to be living in the outskirts. And at least in our corp, there's a possibility you'll have like a, a decent, you know, you know, it's not going to be Manhattan penthouse, but it'll be something nice, you know? Um, so that's one of the other reasons why I like our corp too. Not to mention a lot of supplies and stuff I like that I get there. Um, yeah. Jade, what do you talk? Let's talk about the Central Plaza because we can kind of talk about that in relation sure. to our opening too. Why don't you hit that one? Yep, Central Plaza. Take a second to soak it up, soak up it all, and admire Memphis Avery's famous floating sculpture. Yeah. And it's just around the corner from Adair Falls. I just want to mention, mm -hmm. you know, Adair Falls is great um, because it's conveniently located. You've yep. got a clothing shop right across the Casaba mm -hmm. Outlet, and then you know just. To the right of that, you have um, Cubby Blast, mm -hmm. the, the weapons and armor shop. Yep. So it, it makes a lot of sense that the first, um, you know, tutorial, in-game tutorial was here at uh, Area 18. Yep. And that's one of the reasons why I like it. Because what, at least for the stuff that I use, I know there's some items that other people want, but the bulk of the things that I want for personal weapons, uh, and not to mention on your way out, you run right past the, the, uh, the uh, hospital there. Yeah. So on your way to the tram, so <clears throat> it's not like I have to go out of my way and make extra trips to go certain places. Yeah, um, and then if you hmm? go to um, IO North Tower, you have the uh, ship weapons. You get the other weapons, yep, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay, this was also interesting. I remember when CIG put this in, this was something that we were excited about. Oh, we, I, I don't want to get past that. Memphis Avery's artwork. Um, yeah. Let me tell you guys something. I use Memphis Avery's artwork to determine how well the servers are running. <laughs> Okay, because for the for a couple patches, that artwork, you know, with the rotors in it and stuff, the spokes, it would not move. Now, this is interesting, Jay. When 318 came out, 317, 318? When 318 was in the PTU, mm -hmm. that artwork was running all the time, and it yeah. ran smoothly. And then when 318 came out, 
and the bugs came out, it came back to a screeching halt again. And so I don't know what the deal is with that, that when that thing is running, to me, it's almost like when that thing's running, that means that everything can run well in the game. And if it's not running, that means they still got problems going on and it's not worth putting the resources into that thing operating. Maybe I'm wrong. Right now, when you go there, there are about 50 NPCs standing underneath it uh, most of the time. Don't ask me how they got out there. But um, yeah. it's, it's kind of a buggy thing right now in the game. But uh, They're on strike. They're on strike. Is that what it is? They went out there. Yeah. We're not working anymore. That we're going to stay out here until you bring us more pay. Yeah. Yeah, we didn't even talk about um, you know, like the the working conditions at those factories, mm -hmm. the uh fusion drives and lore, yeah. they're so dangerous yep. that they had to make one for just for tourists that basically have like holograms and animatronics doing the work because they don't want people to see mm -hmm. just how bad you know the yep. working conditions are. Yep. Pretty bad. Pretty bad. Um, let's see the Fizz hologram. People were very excited about this when we first saw it. I know plenty of people like myself who went under the hologram and watched it pour and drop down on me. Um, but you guys know that there are a lot of holograms in our court. It's not just the Fizz hologram. There's the, there's the, um, this, and it's interesting because this hologram does not do like the one in Microtech does the one when you go into the tower that meets you right below the stairs. It kind of okay. says something, but it's not like it does, like we can ask it questions and stuff. And then there's the real big one, like the big 30 story one that's outside when you're getting ready to catch the tram. That is yeah. definitely reflective. She's holding the quantum drive. Yes, and it's very reflective of uh, Blade Runner, that particular one. Um, so I, you know, I like the fact that they have the holograms and stuff throughout the city in different places. Uh, and even for their advertising, things like that. I, I like that type of thing. Uh, there's something about going, and I, I wish Art Corps had more of a, you know, I figure out how to say this the right way because it's difficult, more of a, a, a day-night feel. I don't know if that makes sense. Sometimes you can run through Art Corps and because you can't distinguish night from day sometimes, it, you know, I want to feel like a nightlife yeah. feeling. Does that make sense? Do you know what I mean? When it's yeah, no. night, you know, it's nighttime, like the city lights up or something. I don't know. Just... Well, I, I think, yeah, I think they could do more. I mean, they, they, definitely have it does have a day night cycle in terms of the lighting yeah i think they, they just could don't do more. sense it you know what i mean i don't it's because it's everything is towering above exactly you the day. you're it, surrounded it by nothing but buildings yeah and, yeah and i think that's what you know that was kind of what they wanted to go for like this yeah. the city these cities are so massive yep. you can't even see the sun mm -hmm. that's like that that's a luxury right like yeah. maybe if you're rich you get to you actually get to be up have there a the top near mm -hmm. the top right but if you're just the little people, you don't even get to see the sun up there in a day. <laughs> That's about it, right? Yeah. All right. Why don't you do the next one there? Okay. So the next one would be um, the G-Lock bar. Yeah. So once you've worked up a thirst, duck into the G-Lock bar and grab a drink off their extensive menu. And from our experience, the wingman's hangover goes down easy, but packs a punch. <laughs> and, and you might want to be there when DK's you know, Dark Knight 75 does his uh, show from the G-Lock bar. That's right. He sure does. He sure does. Yeah. I remember um, in the Area 18 module, there was a G-Lock bar. There was there was the hospital, the G-Lock bar, Cubby Blast, and the uh, TDD. Those were there because Cassaba hadn't opened yet. Uh, the ship store hadn't opened yet. 
And I remember when you went to G-Lock Bar, some of you may remember this if you were around a long time, G-Lock Bar had two levels to it. There was an entrance level. And then there was a way, Jay, where you could run along the wall outside and scale up it and glitch your way yes. up to the second floor. Remember that, the balcony up there? Yeah, and, and you could go down to the constellation. Yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. You guys have no idea how much time you spent trying to push through glitches back in the day in Area 18. Because <laughs> there yeah, were all these areas you could see. making glitches to do stuff like that. We had the, all these cool things you could see and couldn't get to. Like you said, the Connie, the freelancer that was out on the deck, and we yeah. wanted to get out there. And people used to, remember, used to climb the big garbage bin and go through the fence yes. line or mm -hmm. stoop down and like crouch. And then when you would get up, it would make you push through the glass doors. Yeah. Oh, all the crazy things that we would do. That was the way I would go. Yeah. <laughs> all the yeah. crazy things we would do. Um, yeah, okay. that, that and those go-karts. Oh, uh, great cat the great cat killers. Yeah. The, yeah. yeah. Murder on the, in or, or area 18. The PTVs yeah. at one point gang, they used to spawn in to that area where the, where the artwork is. And if you came out of customs and didn't look to your left and right, somebody would mow you down in a heartbeat. But uh, and people want roads and people want, yeah. no, I'm joking. But yeah, like, I think that probably, you know, gave CIG some, some data yeah. of, okay, if we give these people, you know, a bunch of cars, what are they going to do yep. if we don't have like something to prevent them from doing it? Yep. Right. And fast cart, you're absolutely right. Uh, Jay, do you see what, Jay, what I fast card said? Yeah. When you glitch through, this is what happened, gang. When you glitch through to get to where the constellation was, you were so pumped up because you had to jump over this fence, come down this this area, then you'd get down on the dock. And there was no way to get to this dock unless you knew how to glitch through. And other people on the glass might even see you like, yeah, they made it through. Yeah. And you go out to where the Connie was. And at the time, check this out, there was a, a, um, a loading crew down on the Connie moving boxes from out of the Connie and stacking them over on the side. And you would go out there ready to go see what they were doing and check it out. And when you got there, you found out there was nothing but a graphical representation. Cause like, it was like, instead of it being a three-dimensional box, it would just be a box side and nothing on the other side. So it was just blank and there was nothing there. So it only yeah. looked good from the, the building side. Once you went inside and looked at it, there was nothing. It was disappointing. We, we weren't supposed to be out there. We weren't there. supposed to be out there. It was disappointing, you know, yeah. but it was fun to do it. It was fun to do yeah. it. Yeah. And there wasn't, you know, like I came in at the end of that because I came in at, at uh, you know, 2.5, mm -hmm. 2.6 before 3.0. There wasn't anything you could do really on foot other than, you know, like go to, um, you know, like the different space stations mm -hmm. in the in the PU because we didn't have landable planets, right? We right. had those cities. That was in the social module. That was the closest thing we had to like a landing zone, a city in the game. So yeah, people wanted to explore every square inch of that place. And then I remember you remember the dumpsters and they're the, like on fire. With the flames fire. On? The flames yeah. with the, the incinerators, the incinerator, the big incinerator. Yeah, I'm sorry. The incinerator. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then yeah. you know, some of that stuff made it into the um, current PU, but the, like other things like that didn't, I don't see those incinerators. No, um, in fact, that incinerator, area was, that incinerator area was a scary area when you went down into it too, remember? Cause it was like in the yeah. deep, dark, dank area yeah, of area that's why I went 18. Down there. Yeah. Cause I was like, yeah. I want to see what's down there. And mm -hmm. then 
you know, I, I like that they have things like that and I hope they bring more of that back where, you know, you go down a dark alley and then who knows what you'll find at the end of it. It's not just going to be like a dead end. It takes you somewhere else under city. Who knows? You know? yep. and, and you can see where it's also set up very well for, you know, some of you guys know, I don't, I don't want to leave our corp too much, but in microtech, it told us in the lore that at Wally's bar, one of those bartenders there is kind of like an informant. You can talk to them and find out information. And Jade, I'm hoping that's the yep, same thing, like par. you said, any par. And I'm hoping that the same thing happens in the alleyways, you know, stuff like that, where it may be, especially that they roam, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like they're not just in one particular alley all the time, you know? Right. Um, I really want them to be moving around so that you got to go look for them and find them or talk to someone who can tell you where they might be, that kind of thing, you know? They showed us, you know, they showed us Twitch. Yes, to yes. Take a walking through the city. Yes, yes, so yes. It is possible. Yes, I know, but she can't walk too far. That's all I got to say about that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. We'll, we'll get to her. Sure. Okay. Uh, the advocacy office uh, inside the IO North Tower instead. Now, some of you guys know last week we did a show, a couple weeks ago, we did a show on the UEE, and we talked about the uh, the advocacy. And uh, the advocacy, you know, I'm trying to think of, Jay, what would we call the advocacy today so people yeah. can understand their level of influence in the... Ver okay, if you're no, just... They would be the FBI. They but, would be the FBI, but... Like, or Scotland Yard, maybe. Yeah, right? yeah, CIA. It's more like uh, Scotland Yard than the FBI, I think. Yeah. Because they're, po they're yeah. police, right? But they only handle crimes... In, that are in between, you know, systems and, and things that rise to a level of a system threat. Not They're not going to, the advocacy is not going to help you out because somebody shot you, right? Or, you know, or, or stole something from you. Right. But like, if it's, if it's anything that rises to the level of, like, interstellar crime, that's, or, or you know, terrorism, things like mm -hmm. that, that's what they get involved with. And they have, and they have tremendous powers, even outside of their jurisdictions. So, you know, they can, yeah. they, they can go outside of UEE space to pursue, pursue somebody. If they're really looking for somebody, I mean, they're, they're kind of like blade runners to a certain degree. That's kind of what ran through my brain that they just kind of have this, this outside of the box authority that goes beyond local law enforcement. Yeah. Kaizen you know? mentioned uh, a good point. Interpol. They yes. Did, yes. They did Interpol. Interpol of, yes. Of, uh, good example. Person. Good yeah. example. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Why don't you tell us, talk about Cubby Blast. Yep, Cubby Blast. The store has all the hallmarks of a basic weapon shop. Inventory on display, options to install purchases on your ship, and the occasional sale. And if you go to Cubby Blast, you'll also see that they have a, a shooting range that is closed for renovation right now. So hopefully someday mm -hmm. we'll you know, be able to go to a shooting range, test out your weapon before you buy it. Absolutely. We're going to share some more history about Cubby Blast with you guys in a little bit about the owner of Cubby Blast because there is some lore tied into there. But as I mentioned earlier, Jay, that's where I get most of my stuff. Um, yeah. I'm, a, I'm definitely a singularity or nightfire kind of armor person. Mm -hmm. uh, I definitely get the all black flight suit. I get one of the all white, you know, flight suits. I get the um, Arctic armor in there. I get my C-54s in there. I get P-38s out of there. Not P-38s. Um, what is it called? It's the other Gemini pistol, the 38. Yeah. I get that. Uh, uh, 86? They, I, yeah, something like that. Yeah. yeah. I get I get all my ammo. There. I mean, I literally, everything I need, literally, to go out, I get there. Uh, the only thing I don't get there, which I love, and I, I hate that I can't get them, <clears throat> I don't get, I can't get a P6, because I love the P6. Yeah. 
And I also love the um, the AO3s. Uh, they don't wow. sell those there. Nope, not you know, anymore. Not anymore, right? I know. So I have to go get those I, elsewhere I or find them. Those AO3s, okay, you got to let me know then. You got to tell me where the hookup yeah. is because I, yeah. I, I love them. I've got them in the subscriber stuff, but you know, I'm, I don't ever use my subscriber stuff. But yeah. I do love using uh, those particulars. Now, one thing I have been using recently is the, um, oh God, what's that, the, the, the sniper rifle that everybody hated for a lo long time? It's oh, like the, the um, arrow, arrowhead? The arrowhead. And I've been yeah. using that thing. That thing, that thing was popping people at 300 meters. It's much more stable yeah. now and everything. So I've been like, hmm, if I don't have anything else, I'll grab this thing. But, uh, yeah, oh. and that's that's the thing. They, you know, because the game is constantly in development, things do change even for the better. Yeah. Like we always think about the things that we think changed for the worse, but then we don't talk about things like that, which have you know changed mm -hmm. for the better over the years. Absolutely. One thing I'm broken hearted about though is my Aztecs. I love the Aztec now, and uh, okay. you, they, you can't buy them in stores. You can only loot them yeah. now, so that's heartbreaking. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Now we're getting away from it. I'm getting on my shopping list now. All right. Yeah. Let's talk about this one. Entertainment 9 Transmission. Uh, Entertainment yeah. 9 Transmission, ENT, is a spectrum broadcast network that focuses on live and scripted entertainment programming intended to appeal to humans between the ages of 18 and 34. The network was acquired by R Corp in 2873, but has not been otherwise rebranded. In 2908, ENT acquired the assets of, short -lived, of its short-lived competitor, Realcom, including the Spectrum program, Fakeouts. Now, Jade, for me, this one kind of lent itself toward us understanding that that idea of broadcasting things in game, mm -hmm. yeah. you know, stories, activities, things that happen, this is like one of those companies that could be doing that, you know? Right. Any ideas about something like that, Entertainment Nine or anything like that with broadcasting? Yeah, yeah. So like in Star Citizen lore, you know, people quite often either skip these posts or they, they don't really read through them or they'll ask what about their favorite chick when, you know, they're posted, but we get a lot of information, um, you know, about like the star citizen universe through some of the posts about, you know, things like entertainment nine and, um, you know, star watch, um, star watch live, you know, these, these, these different shows, right. Mm -hmm. And they all have <clears throat> different demographics. They appeal to like this one, you know, appeals to humans between 18 and 34. So mm -hmm. it's, you know, it's, it's going to have a certain type of, um, content, whereas, you know, something else may appeal to, um, you know, different people. Right. Yeah. And, and it's, it makes the star citizen universe feel like a real place. It's yeah. not just, <clears throat> you know, like, it's not just, you're in a game, mm -hmm. you're in an actual virtual universe that has personalities and you know there's different people like Jax McCleary is the most famous one probably but there's other people whose names I could give but most people are like who's that and that's because like <laughs> I read all these posts about right. things like Entertainment Nine and Star Watch. Yep I was thinking too you know I mean I'm imagining this and guys yeah. this is just I'm just talking theory stuff now okay so bear with but I am thinking about when you move from system to system right if I leave Hurston and as I come into our corp system Am I able to, if I'm in my 600 or my guests are in my 600, now they're getting a certain broadcast that's relevant to what's going on in that system. Maybe that's how they're finding out the latest. Maybe we've heard something has happened. There's been a, uh, a, a rash of piracy that's going on in that community. You go downstairs, you turn on your monitor, and there's a news broadcast from Entertainment 9, right? That's mm -hmm. talking about this. Or maybe Entertainment 9 is telling people about an event, a party, something that's going on down in the G-Lock bar. You know, yep. that those would be in-game ways of us finding out 
about activities, missions, you know, all types of cool stuff that they could use that broadcasting system for as a way to disseminate. Because I'm as much as I think the Moby Glass is cool, yeah. I, I there's a part of me that doesn't want everything in my Moby Glass. I don't know if that makes right. any sense. Not everything. No, I think there should be reasons why I do have to go to the TDD to get certain information, but then other reasons why some of that information is at the TDD could come to my Moby Glass, right? Because I want right. I want to have a feeling of why I need to move there, not move, but travel to different places to find out stuff, you know? Yes. But that's just- Yeah, and I think we, you know, we're getting little hints at that when we have things like Xenothreat and they take over the, you know, all the screens or you mm -hmm. see Rulina Dooley come up on the screen. Yeah. And it, things like that, like, you know, that that's what I'm hoping for things like Entertainment Nine is like you, you go into a place and something from Entertainment Nine is on, mm -hmm. like you said, and they're like, hey, you know, one night only at Wally's, mm -hmm. DJ whoever, right? And like mm -hmm. you go there and there's different music than you would hear normally, or, you know, you go there and you pick up clues to yep. some mission, right? Because, you know, um, uh, I almost called him Wallace Clem, Eddie Parr, <laughs> the bartender, mm -hmm. you know, now has access to some, you know, crypto key they give you to go into some facility you normally wouldn't be able to go to, but because you saw that Entertainment Nine, right? you know, d directing you to there for a party, mm -hmm. all of a sudden that triggers all these other events that you could get involved with. Yeah. So I really do hope they, they go to that level. Yeah. I mean, maybe even doing something like just paying attention to an interview. You know what I yeah. mean? And in that interview, there's those Easter eggs that are telling you about something that you need to do, you know? Uh, there's so much they could do with the whole broadcasting thing, right? That, yeah, that would absolutely. make the game feel, and a reason to turn them on, a reason to yeah. turn the monitor on when you get on your ship, you know what I mean? People, people want that, mm -hmm. you know, like I always hear people talk about, you know, what do I, you know, what am I going to do in these long quantum travels and these mm -hmm. other stars? That's where things like Entertainment Nine yep. and, you know, this different shows on Spectrum. Spectrum, so for people that don't know, Spectrum is in the Star Citizen universe. It's not just the uh, form that we post on, mm -hmm. but it's it's their version of the internet, right? So right. like Spectrum encompasses all these different things, including video stuff, video mm -hmm. content, like, you know, YouTube or Twitch would be. So that's just the umbrella term for what their internet is. Yeah. I got to give and a it, shout out to Kavion and Charles here. Kavion said for the 35 plus crowd, they're still playing the 2000th episode season of Young and the Restless. And then uh, Charles says, nope, our, as the R Corp turns. Those are old soap operas, Jade. That there's okay. people are still watching soap think, operas in the I future. Was at, uh, okay. uh, was at a loss, but okay. Yeah, he said it said thirty five plus. Okay, they, they yeah. automatically made it for us old folks who remember soap operas back in the day. Okay, let's talk about a couple more items here. Then we're going to take our little break, Jade. Um, I know people have seen this before when they've traveled to our corp. That even though we all go to Area 18, there are some other areas that pop yes. up when you get to the planet. And one of those areas is Area 4. Uh, it's an R-Corp designated industrial and commercial zone. I could not really find a lot about that zone in particular, other than what you shared earlier about how the working conditions are not that great on right. R-Corp. Is there anything you know about but, Area 4 in particular? Not in particular, but just more generally... In lore, you know, Art Corp puts all their uh, factories and things like that mm -hmm. along the equator. So I mm -hmm. think eventually Area 4, if it's not already, I, I, 
yeah, I, I should know this. It'd be worth checking. Yeah. So apologies, but yeah, it should be like you know an equatorial region since mm-hmm. that it should be located in an equatorial region. I should say yeah. since that's you know where most of their um, factory stuff is. I said area six earlier, guys. My correction. I'm sorry. Too many numbers in my head. Area seven, a location that includes the Ermer Family Farms Creamery store visited by Jax McCleary during Intergalactic Aerospace uh, 2949. So I'm telling you guys now, next Saturday, Admiral Kusanagi's always asking me, what are we going to do on Saturday night? Because he always wants to know what I have in my head. Next Saturday, y'all, we're going to go and try and find that creamery, okay? We're going to go to Area 7 and see. if we Maybe we'll have some type of thing. Whoever finds it wins something. I don't know. But we're going to see if the creamery is at Area 7. By the way, don't forget, if you want to see that, where they actually do fly to Area 7, just look for the... Um, IAE video for 2949 for Kruger, and you'll see uh, Jax flies over to Area uh, 7. James, why don't you go to Area 17? Yes, Area 17. This zone was visited during the CitizenCon 2947 demo. At the time, it was located approximately 25 kilometers away from Area 18. Currently, it exists only as a mark on the map, much mm. further away from Area 18. It has no gameplay purposes. I'm curious as to what, what they moved it. Um, I don't know if they, well, it says it's further away now. Yeah. Yeah. I've tried to look at it and find out if there's some pattern to where everything is on there. Um, there isn't. Yeah, I, I haven't been able to figure out one. <laughs> okay, there, there is so no, not crazy. There's no pattern to it, at least yet. I mean, I, I would hope that when they redo the planet, mm-hmm. you know, to add those areas we were talking about, I do hope that they, they do have some kind of, I don't know, some system so that you you can understand where a place is just from reading the name. Oh, it's Area 26. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, it's up near, you know, the North Pole or yeah. something like that. Yeah. Okay, why don't you do those next two for me then? Sure. So speaking of Area 26, that <laughs> is where the Drac Stellar Fashion Exhibition was held mm. in the NWO2 Tower. And yes, they do have fashion shows yes. um, in the Star Citizen universe, mm-hmm. because we have fashions in the Star Citizen universe. And I do hope um, that we, at some point, will be able to go to Area 26, uh, you know, see a, a cutting edge fashions that are going to be, you know, something available to us, like maybe in the next year, like mm-hmm. that'd be really cool. Yeah. Um, Ray's guy, Ray from Ray's guy, D- Daniel Raymond, has a great video about luxury. Mm-hmm. And one, he came up with just ideas for what does it mean to have a career in luxury. And one of his ideas was, was that when you incorporate reputation into that career, that reputation could be tied into certain events or locations that you travel to and participate in. So you may have someone who's doing the luxury career and they attend a fashion show that is happening someplace. And you go to that fashion show and that's how you gain reputation in that particular area. So it was interesting that he came up with these different type of social things that can happen in the game. And so it could be maybe a fundraiser or maybe it's something at a club or a bar. You know what I mean? Yeah. A bar yeah. crawl, anything like that. Th- these locations, I mean, and the reason why we're sharing this with you all, guys, is that, you know, CIG has said both inferred and said that when they put things in the game, that they're not always just there for cosmetic sake, but there is something that they're thinking about a direction that they could go and how they could use that to make gameplay better and more fulfilling. And so for some people going to a fashion show will be mean absolutely nothing. 
there are other people that they hear about the fashion show. They're like, where do I get my tickets? You know, they, they're providing a social dynamic. And Jade and I came out of, Jade, we played Second Life. I mean, mm -hmm. you come out of these social dynamic games that are about, you know, interactions with people and stuff. Imaginations run wild. And I guarantee you, Jade and I will both be at the fashion show because that's something that we would uh, enjoy definitely. doing, you know? And, and Yeah, and in Second Life, fashion shows are epic. I mean, yep. there's, there's literal real-life photographers that have brought their skills mm -hmm. into Second Life yeah. to then do photography. They, they're, you know, they produce magazines and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And this is all, like, you know, user or um community you know driven, driven content. Stuff, yep. I, I love seeing now we're starting to get a little bit of that in, mm -hmm. in star citizen and yeah. a lot of people have come over not just you know you and me and, you know mm -hmm. joe run but like even newer people i've met like um one of the djs on tbr wild rachel mm -hmm. and like her her friends they all came over from second life just recently mm -hmm. like i think 2021 they found star citizen yeah so there is a connection between these things and i do think it's because you know Chris Roberts calls Star Citizen the, you know, second the life of space, or space mm -hmm. second life, right? So because of the way this is built, you know, mm -hmm. these areas, they, they may not have much in them now when we go to them, but future things, they will. Yep, absolutely, absolutely. And you can see other aspects. Like we've we've always talked about the news van with the Mako and stuff in relation to maybe yeah. recording combat. But what if those that same Mako is doing survey, you know, surveying for land, right? Or maybe those people who are into that type of recording and making videos go to a fashion show and produce a video from it. There's so many things that could happen with something like that. I know it's like it's like a big deal, guys, but we're hoping that they they go in that direction. Go ahead and hit that last one for Area 39. Right, <clears throat> Area 39, where Chlor V used to operate Cubby Blast <laughs> in a small stall nestled in a back alley on the fourth tier mm -hmm. until. The Avasi scandal of 2931 allowed him to the opportunity to secure a storefront in Area 18 with favorable with a favorable long term lease, and it's a really good location because <laughs> all those people coming out of Adira Falls make a mm -hmm. beeline right for it. So yep, absolutely, that scandal really benefited his business. Absolutely, absolutely, and, and like I said, Cubby Blast, that's my store. You know, I hit that one. I'll hit some other ones later, but that's where I kick off from is right there. And the prices are good too, by the way. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, we are going to move on this, here. This show oh, yeah. is sponsored by Cubby Blast. There you go. I'm sorry. I forgot to put this yeah, up, guys. Right. But there it is. Okay. There's your, your stuff for it. Um, let's go. We'll do the next one and then we'll get in and talk about St. Jude a little bit here. Um, burr, 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 burr. Let's talk about Chlor V. Okay. Um, a Cathcart expatriate. Chlor V brings a seemingly inexhaustible knowledge of his wares along with a hint of danger as we're sure that his familiarity comes from personal experience. These personalities that we're going to be talking about, we know that CIG is setting up to be our what we call mission givers, um, where there's going to be some type of interaction that you have with them. They have a lore in the game. Jay just read about how Chlor V was originally in a different location. Uh, Say he was in the alley of the fourth tier, don't know what the fourth tier was, but basically wherever he was, it wasn't that great, a great place to be. But something happened later on where he was able to secure a better location, a more prime location at area 18. And then the fact that they infer, infer for a favorable long-term lease, which means that there was some type of deal struck. And maybe as time unfolds, we'll find out why Chlor V got this prime, as Jade mentioned, prime real estate right outside and where everybody goes, I mean, even more than going to um, uh, Center Mass, 
mean, Center Mass, yeah. you gotta you gotta know where even Center Mass is to get to it, right? But this mm -hmm. joint here, as soon as you come out the door, you see it, and that's where people gravitate to more than anything else. Um, you know, I, we, right now, Clore doesn't operate as a mission giver; just there. Uh, is that person behind the counter, Clore V, now? Because no. I, no, I don't think so, right? It's not the same person. Because the yep. image is very different than the one we have. I mean, even though this is concept art, um, yeah. but it's just somebody working there. But I, I am hoping that Clorvie, maybe Clorvie will be in the back room or something. You know, I don't know. We'll have to see. You may, you know, it, and I'm just theory crafting here. It may be something like where, you know, maybe Clorvie isn't a mission giver, but you can find Clor if you can find Clorvie somewhere mm -hmm. walking around, you know, Area 18. That he can like hook you up with maybe a heavy weapon like a rail gun mm. under the table, you know, something like that. I would love to see. Mm. That would be good. And and, and you know, I Floor V kind of also operate like um what's the guy, the Hurston guy, you know, who's sitting at his desk. Oh yeah. You know yeah, what I Clovis mean? Carnilli. Yeah, you oh, know, no, or uh, mean, uh, not Clovis. The no, 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 the Hurston guy, the, the you know, the son, you know who's in the yeah. office up there. Yeah. You know, uh I I just want to see him in the game. You know, I don't want just yeah. the lore there. I'm, I'm hoping they would see him in the game. I agree. Mm -hmm. and, you know, same with, well, we do have Eddie Parr. Like, we yeah. do have Eddie Parr, but he doesn't give missions yet. Right. But we don't have um, Devin, Batista. Batista, and, yep. You know, the the uh, Crusader people. Mm -hmm. And yet, so those are more future things. Okay. Why don't you do this one? Sure. Going to talk about your wife. <laughs> Tesha Twitch Pacheco is a drug dealer with connections who re resents Blackjack Security, her former employer. She can be found in Area 18 on Art Court. She came up as a soldier who transitioned into freelance security work mm -hmm. after her service ended. Things were going well until she suffered nerve damage on a job for Blackjack and was fired. Heartless. <laughs> Regardless of this, she tries to hide the fact uh, that that fact and maintain her reputation as a respected soldier, left without employment, but with a very special skill set. Twitch used her knowledge uh, of the criminal underworld of Art Court to her advantage and began operating her own illegal enterprise. Pacheco has uh, can provide the player with some missions, and she has a rivalry with Blackjack Security, Eddie Parr. Michael Shaw and Wallace Klim. Yep. Got a lot of, a lot of enemies. Of yeah. A lot of enemies yeah. out there. <laughs> and I, I won't give anything away, but I, I know some things about her background that I'm sure we'll, we'll find out more, mm. more about her, but um, she was a pilot too. Yes. She was an awesome pilot at one time. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm curious to see, and some of you all have done the uh, Tessia or the Twitch missions before. Um, and, and this is the, our, if I'm not mistaken, Jay, this is our only mission giver that is on our corp. Is that correct? Yeah. Okay. Correct. So for now, yeah, please. for now. Um, and you know, I'm, I'm hoping that, you know, this whole idea of syndicates, black market, um, that this gets expanded more right now. They have the character of Twitch, you know, she's surrounded by a couple of her goons. Um, but I'm hoping that they built it out even more, you know? And so if you haven't had a chance to go back and I think you have to, I don't think you can get missions from Tessia. You, it's something you have to do first. And then eventually she asks you to meet up with her and then you yeah. are able to get missions from her. Cause if you go the, if you just go and you haven't done anything, she won't talk to you. Um, yeah. mm -hmm. you a, a thing that'll pop up on your Moby glass. Where mm -hmm. Messages usually come see me. Yeah. Yep. 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 
Um, so yeah, check that mission out. Does she give out that mission? I know she gives the drug mission. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if they've changed it. It used to be the mission that you would do with the uh, Cutlass, where they would give you a Cutlass and you'd go in and do the drugs. Does she yep. also give out the... She doesn't give out that rescue mission, though, does she? The one on the Caterpillar. She does. Oh, she does she give does that the, one. She is the one of the... Price of Freedom. Price yeah. of Freedom. Okay. I have never done that mission yet. That's why I'm asking. So that's why I was wondering if she does do that mission. Okay. That's good yeah. to know. All righty. All right. We've been chopping through this little by little. Boy, we, boy we're chopping through it a lot. Um... As you guys know, we talked about this uh, earlier. We are in the midst of our fundraiser for St. Saint, uh, Saint Jude Children's Hospital. We're going to run the promo for that real quick, talk about it one more time, and then we're going to get into the last of our conversations about our corp. So let's check it out. St. Jude Children's Research Hospital and YouTube are teaming up to help end childhood cancer. In September, supporters from across the nation come together during Childhood Cancer Awareness Month to raise money for the kids of St. Jude. And that's when YouTube gamers will be posting videos and live streaming to raise funds to support the life-saving mission of St. Jude. At St. Jude, families never receive a bill for treatment, travel, housing, or food, because all a family should worry about is helping their child live. Money Raise also supports the research that leads to groundbreaking medical discoveries that St. Jude freely shares around the globe. I can only imagine as a parent the relief that they feel when someone like St. Jude steps in. I think it's a really good lesson for us to realize that we need to do more and we can do more. It is a huge step in the right direction, a huge step in helping just people and giving back. It's all for good. And we have a responsibility, a social responsibility to help out. Find your favorite video or live stream during St. Jude Play Live on YouTube for Childhood Cancer Awareness Month and donate to this amazing cause. Your support will help St. Jude further its incredible mission. Finding cures, saving children. Let's end childhood cancer together. Alrighty, let's end it together. Let's end it together and very quickly, I'm gonna show you guys once again, I've gotta change that out now. I gotta change it, Jade. We are now reaching our $3,000 mark. I don't know, I forgot to change that. I have to change it. We are now, we've got our $2,000 tier. And next up is going to be our $3,000 tier. You guys have us right now at $2,100. That's great. Thank you so much. Someone has already given us a number to bring us up to $2,100. We just need another $900, which we hope we can make by the end of August. We're shooting for the end of August. I know that's only 10 days away, but we know that you guys can help us get to that $3,000 mark or at least by the first week in September. I'll give you to the first week of September. Uh, but thank you guys so much. Um, we've been able to do our giveaways and that 12 hour live stream is coming up. So Jade, make sure you get plenty of rest. That's all I'm gonna tell oh, you. Oh, you know, I will, <laughs> I will, trust me. That 12 hour live stream, I, when I down? know we are, it's locked in and we're gonna do it, I will okay. I'll be, yeah, I'll be all on right. it. You'll be good to go. All right, all right, go. all right. Okay, let's jump back into it, gang. Um, oh, I should mention before we leave area 18, if we can, we didn't mention the place that, you know, some people will remember, um, they don't go to it frequently. The million mile high club. Ooh, area 18 is the home of the million mile high club. Let me, let me, while you're talking about it, let me see if I can pull up a picture real quick. Okay. Yes. Go ahead. You can talk about it. Oh yeah, so the Million Mile High Club 
is this exclusive place, right? And it is in IO North Tower, same place as Cubby Bless, mm -hmm. but only certain people have access to it. Mm -hmm. And Griff will tell you more about that because he was around when that you know, <laughs> became a thing. I don't know if I really want to tell him about all that. Oh, no, I mean, you can, I mean, you can just, you know, give okay. just a brief overview. All right. Yeah. I'm going to see, I don't know why all these images always come up like doggone web, um, which I call them files. Okay, guys, I'm going to try and pick this up and, and okay. talk okay. about it I'll keep talking time. about what it is. Currently. Could you? So, yeah, because I'm trying to do some yeah, Photoshop work so, simultaneously. <laughs> so imagine this place that was going to be for like the super rich and well-connected people, right? But, you know, over the years, they haven't really renovated. And when you go in there now, it's, you know, and I, I don't, I'm not a member, by the way, but I, I've <laughs> been lucky enough to be with some people who are, mm -hmm. it's, it's kind of dated compared mm -hmm. to, let's say, you know, if you go up to the top of, you know, the, the bar in Orson, um, it's interesting that, yes. you know, it, it still exists. People do, I guess, mm -hmm. go to it, yeah. but I would love for them to uh, make it more a part of Area 18 where you could look out, you know, it's at the top of the tower and you could look out from, you know, maybe a balcony or just sort of like what they've done with, um, uh, the name escapes me. Somebody could help me out in chat of the place in uh, Orson. Um, oh, it, oh, it oh, the bar. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. 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 I can't think of the name of it. But there's, yeah. there's an image of it on the screen, gang. Now, Let's give you the real world thing about this particular location. The Million Mile High Club got is initiated as a perk for those who donated in the game in the early days. Back in the day, if you gave a contribution of $10,000 as a backer, you got access to this club. <clears throat> and, and believe me, this was considered a very exclusive thing. And you have to remember back in 2012, 2013, 2014, giving $10,000 was, you know, unheard of toward a game. Uh, so the, the group of people who gave toward that was a very small group of people. Uh, but then uh, the excitement about this game grew and there are quite a few people who have done a $10,000 package. Now, let me make sure this is clearly understood. You couldn't accumulate up to $10,000 to get access. You had to do the $10,000 package to get into the club. CIG has changed that over the years to make it a little bit more exclusive. And now in order to get in, you have to spend 15,000, no, not for spend. You have to buy the $15,000 package to gain access to the Million Mile High Club. Now there are other clubs in the game, Jay, which we also didn't talk about last week when we rehearsed and there are chairman's clubs that are in the game. And chairman's yes. clubs would be the equivalent of like when you go to the airport and sometimes like American Airlines United has like a VIP or a captain's club. It would be something like that. It's a more private area where you can wait for your flights, maybe get some snacks, drinks, and things like that. Um, but this Million Mile High Club has its own bar, its own bartender, a dance floor. There are fish tanks surrounding the room. As Jade said, it does feel a little dated. There are some cool things in there, um, yeah. but it also kind of feels like you know, like the old guy's cigar lounge. You know, it's kind of like the only thing I would equate it to today. Uh, it does need renovation. And it also is small. Now, you might say, well, how do I get in there? You know, how would you get in? Well, if Jade happens to be someone who has donated that certain dollar amount to the game, she can invite me to come in and I can go into the club with her. I can't go without her. I have to go with her to be able to do it. And the idea for this was that 
backers could bring their friends or like a, if it was an org, you know, they could say, um, we're going to rent out. And I don't know how they're going to structure this later on, Jade, whether you have to book the room. Because you know what I mean? Yeah. It, it, they're going to have to figure out something that says you can a schedule or something that says we want to be in there from 1400 to 1500 Because uh, otherwise people will be crashing other people's events in there. And God only knows how many people you could try to cram into a, a million mile high club. Well, but, I, mm -hmm. I know during uh, 2949, mm -hmm. um, I had, I, I did a, a Yuri's night bar crawl mm -hmm. through the Stanton system. And, and we ended up at, um, you know, we went to Levski too, but we ended up here mm. totally like unannounced. Mm. Um, Wikipedia from CIG mm -hmm. like hooked us up and let us all in. Nice. And so you can imagine a whole server mm. of people <laughs> trying, trying to get it in that place. It was good. It was a good yeah. stress test for yeah. it, I'm sure. Absolutely. But, yeah. Absolutely. And, and don't get me wrong, but, you know, everything's prototype, right? Especially stuff like this. It's their first T0, tier zero of what an exclusive club would be in the game. They could very easily make the Million High, My High Club have five different rooms to it, right? Each one having its own theme, but once again, being very exclusive. I like the idea of there being some exclusivity to it. Now, let me tell you how this translates into the game, into the real world. For those of you who may be attending CitizenCon, I don't know if CIG is doing this again. I'm just going to tell you what they did do in the past. They did do tiered areas of where, depending on where you've given, where you could go at the event. Now, it's not like you're not getting, how can I say this? <clears throat> it's not like somebody who's given $5,000 gets something that someone who's given $500. It's not like that. What they would do is create at the convention center, certain areas that were private areas for people at different concierge levels. So if you were at a $5,000 or $1,000 level, they would have a bar. And it would be an area at the convention where you could go and other people who have given at your level could come there and hang out with you. And, you know, it was just a more intimate, quieter thing, but there were bars elsewhere. There were other things elsewhere where people could go to, but that's where you could go. If you wanted to meet up with your org and some friends, kick back, have a nice view. I remember when we were in Austin, uh, I was, I can't remember what tier I was at, but I remember I was at like a, I don't remember which tier I was. I'm not going to say how much money it was. But I was at a certain tier where I went and I had a, we had a balcony and I could look out over Austin. It was outdoors. It was, um, it wasn't in the convention center, but you came outside onto a deck and they had its own private bartender and you could drink and hang out there and stuff. It was a nice little perk, something that CIG gave us. But it wasn't like we had anything any special, more special in there other than sitting out in the heat in Austin and looking outside versus being in the air conditioning part of the convention center and having a drink and eating food in there. But it was a nice little something, you know, that they tied that in um, to people who were chairman's club members at their own kind of place to go hang out. So. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Thanks for so remembering that. Cause I forgot. Yeah. I, I, I'm sorry. I didn't remember it before the show, but yeah. I, I was just thinking like, there's something we're missing. And mm -hmm. I remembered. Yeah. Yep. Million Mile High Club. Absolutely. Okay. Alrighty then. Let's uh, shut that off. And uh, let's jump into our next part that we're going to be talking about. Uh, we did our personalities, and now we are on... Oh, Lyria. Lyria, right? Why don't you go ahead and hit yeah. that one? Yeah, Lyria is an icy moon that features active cryogeysers and cryovolcanoes. Could you and... explain those two words for us, please? Oh, yes, absolutely, <laughs> of course. So a cryovolcano is a, a volcano that erupts with, like, ice, you know, water ice mm. or um, CO2 ice, right, like dry ice. Um, and other materials, uh, like other volatiles, right? So methane, ammonia, um, instead of things like, you know, molten rock and, and you know, 
things like lava and magma. Um, yeah, so that's what a, a cryovolcano is. And we, we have some of these in our own solar system. Mm -hmm. um, so if you were to look at Enceladus, one of the moons of Saturn, um, it's literally spraying water mm -hmm. out into space from uh, you know, cryovolcanism. And it's actually you know creating part of uh, Saturn's E-ring, yep. right? So yep. like, it's, it's really cool. Um, cryovolcanoes are, or, sorry, moons with you know, cryovolcanism, um, typically like what we've seen is that they're, you know, they're heated by tidal forces, right? So uh, that's what, you know, sort of, well, not sort of, that's what we think is the, the source of, uh, you know, the cryovolcanism so being basically, you know, compressed and expanded mm -hmm. and that, that creates, yeah, fissures I, and, if, and stuff comes up. Uh, right. I had to, when, this, when I read this, I said, let me look it up, see what's going on. And the stuff at Saturn was what came up when I read it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I remember playing, I know this is a, a real veering off guys, but I remember a group of us were playing uh, Sea of Thieves. And there's this one island that you go to that is tremendously unstable when you're there. And you could be walking around on it and everything's fine. And then all of a sudden the volcano erupts. It goes into this crazy thing. And Jade, I was thinking, you know, the fact that they've mentioned something like this, you know, we talk about what are the dangers when we go out into space. Yeah. Um, you know, what happens if you are, maybe this area is resource rich, but at the same time volatile, right? Um, not a safe place to be necessarily, yeah. um, you know, and, and this gets into the whole thing of CIG can get into a whole thing about when is it better to fly in versus drive in, you know, dynamic weather, you know, any mm -hmm. type of, um, surface things that could be happening that can determine what, what, you know, bringing the right tool for the right job, right suit, yeah. right. For the right job, right. Depending on what's yeah, going no, on. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And, and, uh, you know, if I were CIG, here's how I would do this is mm -hmm. like, you have you have you know the cryo volcanoes the cryo geysers mm -hmm. and it could be once we get moons and planets actually you know orbiting right and we have certain times in Lyria's orbit where those mm -hmm. things go off yes and if you're driving around in a rock mining or you got your <laughs> prospector out there and you're just you know like oh yeah i don't need to worry about you know mm -hmm. any of the, the cycles of the you know moon orbits that stuff's for astrophysics yep. nope yep. that stuff's for you yep absolutely and and again do your homework right when you decide exactly. to visit leary Illyria, exactly. you know, make sure you bring the right suit. You know, some of our suits can go down to negative 225 degrees. Yeah. You know what I mean? But, you know, you get on your ship and like right now, the game is real forgiving, guys. It is extremely forgiving. But I know one night I was out with Colossal. We were on Clio or someplace and man, the temperature dropped and you watched that time frame of how long you could be exposed drop like a rock. You know, it went from literally like 45 minutes down to like seven minutes. You know, it was crazy. And I, I want them to make the game where you need to be paying attention to all this information about a location when you go to it, not just assume that you can just land there and roam around and do what you want to do for as long as you want to do it, you know? Yeah, um, yeah the orbital distance here, this is closest to um, um, our corp. Yep. 119? 119,680 kilometers. Okay. All right. And like, again, those things are going to, um, you know, make a difference. Okay. A, a good example of a, a place that has volcanism, volcanism in our solar system. Mm -hmm. The most volcanic place in our solar system is Io, which mm -hmm.
Um, let's go there. Next. Yep. Uh, yep, go ahead. You read. Oh. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, the low density of Walla is particularly susceptible to tidal forces, which result in the moon being noticeably prolate. And it's it's got an orbital distance of 257,311 kilometers. Mm -hmm. And for people that don't know, uh, prolate means it's more potato shaped. Yep. So it may not look exactly that way in the game. I'm very happy to be but, here. Hey, thank you. Thank you, Rooster. Appreciate that. Let but me... yeah, it, it, you know, it yep. will have a, a bit. I want to ask a, you. I want to ask you a question more. about this. Yeah. Susceptible to tidal forces. Mm -hmm. Does that mean, because by, you know, my brain gravitates toward water. Right. But does it mean that necessarily, are we just talking about no. the type of forces that are created similar to tidal, you know, movement because but, of orbit or distance right. gravity or something like the, that? So the, the forces of, you know, that create, we got uh, the, the tides, right? Mm -hmm. You know, are gravitational interactions, mm -hmm. right? Between bodies. Right. Um, our moon and the earth and even the sun actually creates tides. Mm -hmm. um, right. So we, so, so in this case that, you know, we call them tidal forces because the first place that we as humans experienced them were, mm -hmm. With the water. The, you know, you see the sea going back ocean, and forth. Right. Mm -hmm. right. But tidal forces affect, you know, can, can affect it, everything. And it's basically those gravitational interactions and yeah. because of um, its composition and, you know, the, its density, it's, it's um, more deformed because of those tidal forces because than Lyria. Okay, gotcha, gotcha, okay. Alrighty, that's Walla. And next up, uh, one of my favorite orbital stations, Bajini Point, uh, yeah. a transit station from Area 18. Facilities include a cargo deck, Platinum Bay, food court, unbranded ship weapon shop, and an unbranded clothing shop. Now they say unbranded, but that was back in the day when this is written. But you guys right. know basically the, the, what, what the weapon shops are and what the clothing shops are. Cassaba, you know that. The Although, mm -hmm, go ahead. well, there there are independent um, shops yes, yes. In, in some of these stations that they don't have like any name. A on name them. they made. They're mm -hmm. like you know, like like a mom and pop you know weapon shop. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. And I forget CIG said they've got like over is it two hundred and fifty or three hundred and fifty brands or something in the game that they yeah. worked on and, for logos and, and stuff. You know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. and th those are just the brands now. They're they've got mm -hmm. a whole team that's mm -hmm. you know working on branding. So yep. people might think, oh, 350 brands in the game, that's a lot. Mm -hmm. But you know, this is a big universe. Oh, absolutely. Gonna be, they're gonna keep adding brands probably even after release. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Uh the primary cargo and transfer point for R Corp, perfect as a waypoint on your way down or back from the surface. But Jimmy Point features Plenty of amenities for travelers while also providing a top tier loading unloading system for capital ships that are unable to head down to the surface. It includes shops and services like refueling, restocking, cargo transfers, ship components, clothing, food, and habs. Um, this is once again, as you guys know, the orbital stations, Bajini, uh, Tressler, uh, Everest, uh, these stations all, and we're beginning a new one as well. Uh, these stations all provide particularly cargo decks, an important aspect of the game um, because these are transfer points for going down to the surface of any of the major planets in a system. Uh, and so with the whole sea coming, Jade, I'm excited yes. to see what's mm -hmm. going to happen with we start getting this tier zero or whatever of, you know, large cargo containers. CIG has told us that they're going to begin implementing the 16 SCU and the 32 SCU. 
And I really want cargo decks to become active. Right now you go there, they look cool, but that's it, right? Like the, you know, at yep. least when you go to the refinery, you do do something at the refinery. Right now the cargo decks, people just go there to buy the yellow armor and a cargo box and walk out. I, I really want to be able to store items when I'm doing mining or whatever uh, at those cargo decks. And again, these transfer points are gonna be really critical, uh, particularly when you're trying to move things to other moons, not just going down to our court, but when that whole C comes in or that C2, whatever it is, is loading these large containers or tanks or whatever, you have to have a transfer point. Something you can take to a moon and land, like a C2, you can unload some stuff there. But yeah. these larger the containers- SVU boxes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you're doing a um, some type of um, a land, not a landing zone, what do you call them? Um, where people live. Um, where the NPCs will be. No, like on the, like settlements, oh, like settlements, settlement, things yeah. of that nature. Um, you know, you want to have a transfer point, even if it means going down to a mining uh, facility. Uh, you know, you've got to have a place where all the big stuff gets unloaded, categorized, and then moved out. And not to mention for the purpose of selling and trading, transfer, all that other stuff that comes along with it too. Okay. Yes, Yep. absolutely. Yep, yep, yep. All right, so that's the genie point. Um, last but not least, we're going to touch on this very final one. If you, if you, uh, read phonetically, you'd probably say Lagrange, <laughs> but if Lagrange. you know, it's Lagrange, if you want it's to say Lagrange. the right thing, Jay, why yeah. don't you talk about, talk about Lagrange and, 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 and this is, I, you could list the ones that we have over at our court in that system. Right. So, so do you want me to explain what I look, I think everybody that's played the game kind of knows what a well, Lagrange is. We never know somebody, never know. Okay. So feel free to talk so, about it. So this was a really cool thing that CIG did to put in, um, you know, some more real world science into the game is um, they needed a place. I'm just going to explain it from a gaming standpoint and then mm -hmm. that also tie in the science. They needed a place for these stations, right? And uh, we needed, you know, a place that these stations wouldn't, when they we start having things orbiting, which is in, you know, the future they plan to do, they wanted these stations to be stationary, right? And so how would you do that with physics? And the way that you do it is you look, you locate them at a Lagrange point. And that's a place in, in space where the gravity of one body and a gravity of another body um, basically balance each other out, mm -hmm. right? So these things could stay there. And there's two different types of, of Lagrange points. There's stable ones and unstable ones, right? So if you think of the stable ones, it's like a valley, right? Things could co get collected there, like you know, maybe small asteroids. Your station could you know, be there for millennia maybe, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and then there's ones that are more like a peak, like a mountain that you could perfectly balance something there, but they're not it's super, super stable, right? That, you know, some, Something would have to maybe, like we have these in our solar system. We've sent different um, telescopes with the James Webb Space mm -hmm. Telescopes at a Lagrange point. Um, we, you know, we have them in, in the game. And this is a great thing because not just space stations, but other activities in the future could be tied to these Lagrange points. And we, we've already seen it with things like, you know, Xenothreat, um, where people leave Microtech uh, Lagrange point L1, a station that's located there. And, you know, it, it makes a lot of sense that you'd have L, um, Microtech L1 there, and not too far from there, you also have INS Jerica, right? Mm. So, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it does. I'm, I'm reading DK's uh, remark here. Remember when there were no Lagrange clouds 
He flew into the yes. station from a star directly in front of you and then rammed into the asteroid. It <laughs> came out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah good times. Yeah. I don't know if there were good times, DK, but yeah, I do. We've watched the Lagrange points uh, evolve, right, over time. Yep. And <clears throat> now you definitely, we, we, I think this is when we first started getting our, um, the, it's not cloud tech. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's not, it's not planetary cloud. Tech. Yeah, it's a different it, type they, of thing from the coil and everything else. I don't yeah. know what you want to call it. It's not nebula yeah. tech. I don't know what it it's is. Not, it's <laughs> not, it's, they're not nebulas. Right, but, right. You know, they kind of look like them, right. but they're much smaller. Yeah. They're, I think they, they call them gas clouds. Yeah, that's what's more right? gla gla gas clouds. Yeah. Tech. That's probably the best thing to it. And what I do love about it is that when you enter into them, there is an actual visual effect of being inside of them. Um, yep. You know, Stanton star dims dramatically, you know, or before you can't even look at it, but now you just kind of get that glowing orb out in the distance. Um, and as you mentioned, they do have the different artifacts and things that happen to be the asteroids and things that are floating out there. For those of you into salvage, you're obviously familiar with the Lagrange points because a lot of the salvage missions pick up in those areas as well for yep. ships. Um, and that makes sense too, because yeah. those ships would, you know, they would be there. They'd mm -hmm. stay there. They'd stay there. So, for gameplay reasons, putting Lagrange points in was smart. Mm -hmm. I love it. Yep. And it goes along with the science, which is great. Yeah. It's good stuff. Good stuff. Okay. We have given you our overview of, of our corp, the system, but we're going to, we do have some Q and A's, Jade. We've got some questions okay. here that I people are asking. And as soon as I find my mouse button to bring them up, we will ask them. Um, here's the first one here. Um, this is from Fast Cart. There's okay. a 46 years of Star Wars lore and 10 years of Star Citizen Squadron 42 lore. <clears throat> Do you think that if CIG writers keep up with their current pace, they'll approach the breadth of Star Wars lore? <sighs> you know, the tough part to me, Jade, in answering mm -hmm. that question is that yeah. Star Wars is a phenomenon. It's a, it's a cultural phenomenon, similar to Star right. Trek. It's, you know, right. people all over the world know about those franchises. And because of that, it's been kept alive by its fan base, right? Yeah. Does and every... it's multi-generational, too. Exactly. For, now, to answer Francis Card's question, does everybody in the world know about Eve? No. You know, um, a lot of people around the world know about it, but does everybody in the world know about Eve? No. So it's hard for me to compare it against, you know, culture you know, something that has impacted culture and society on a global scale at that level. Now, if you want to make a comparison between, you know, World of Warcraft, which has been around for, what, going on 20 years? You want to talk about Eve, been around for 20 years? Can Star Wars have that, I mean, Star Wars, can Star Citizen have that same potential to build a storyline and a lore that exists like those games have? Yes. I can hear Admiral Kusanagi in my ear right now <laughs> saying Mass Effect. Mass Effect. Yeah, but Mass Effect's still baby young, too. I think, how long yeah. has Mass Effect been around? It's been around a good amount of time. I'm not sure if it's been around for 20 years, but it has been around for a little while. Um, but Star Wars, again, and I get where you're going with it, Fast Cart. You're talking about something that's impactful, and could it be, you know, not to be funny, look at the lore of um, Wing Commander. That People still talk about Wing Commander years later, you know, that, are, that were in that in the gaming industry because it had impact. So is the potential there? I would say, yes, the potential is there for something like that. We'll have to see what happens, you know? Yeah. Jade, yeah, I'm gonna, uh, go ahead. Oh, I, I just wanted to add that, sure. you know, 
because it's such an immersive game mm-hmm. and because of you know what we've heard from the narrative team about us as players we are we'll be creating we have already created some canon lore right mm-hmm. like the mm-hmm. Daymar rally is part of yeah. the lore um at SGR, XGR racing, right? Mm-hmm. They're mm-hmm. part of the lore now because those some of those tracks, when you look in the Moby Glass, it says it was first popularized by XGR racing. Yep. So our achievements, some of the things that we do actually in the Star Citizen universe will affect the lore. Of, of, and, and so as, you know, I see, we were talking about Second Life earlier. Second Life mm-hmm. just this year celebrated their 20th anniversary, mm-hmm. right? It's, mm-hmm. it's still going. And why? Because the community keeps it going along with the company that, that made it. The company right. ma- makes it, Linden Labs, so they're going to keep it going as long as the community is there. Mm-hmm. I see Star Citizens, Persistent Universe, being just like that. Mm-hmm. Like in, 20, in the 2040s, there'll be a Star Citizen Persistent Universe. Mm-hmm. It'll probably be very different than what it is now, mm-hmm. but it will still it'll have it because of that community involvement. Um, if they give us that type of agency mm-hmm. and it seems like you know they're giving us a lot going to be giving us a lot of it then yeah the, that lore there's going to be a lot of lore that came right from the community over that 20 years yeah just like there is right now and, yeah. and uh if you're in second life like there's things that you know about you know about the furry wars you mm-hmm. know you know about all that stuff mm-hmm. uh, from old older you know people players that yep. have been <clears throat> around players that have been around then yeah. yeah and 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 also fast card i think the other thing too is one of the reasons why stars that the, the CIG was smart in creating a narrative team was not just to give us this stuff based around Squadron 42, but that it becomes a living document that, as Jade mentioned, continues to grow. Uh, and it grows based upon both the, what the writers create in the sense of the sandbox side, but then also what the players do. Jumptown is an example of that as well, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, that definitely. grew out of something and, and they listened, they paid attention to it. They looked at the analytics and the gameplay, the enthusiasm, uh, the way people went to do it. And, and somebody was smart enough to say, Hey, we need to be paying attention to what's going on over here. How do we make this a part of what's going on? And it took off. Right? So if that, that ingredient continues between that, that symbiotic relationship between what the players do as well as some very good writers create for the players, then yeah, I think that that lore will continue to grow. The Galactopedia will build out and uh, it could be around 20 plus 30 years. You know, it'll be, you know, this is an ambitious project. So you have to think ambitious. If you want to cause compare it to what people have been doing in the past. Yeah. It'll, you know, I, to me, we got to think big if we want it to stick around, like Jade said. Okay. Yes. Exactly. Um, next question. Is there a dress code to enter the million mile hike bar? That's from Kavion. Um, Jay. No. There's no there's... dress code now, but what do you think though? Do you but... think that that could be part of reputation? You know, if you don't come I... dressed the right way, the, yeah, the bouncers don't even let you in. People come in, <laughs> came in with heavy armor. And like, there's no way somebody lets you into a club like that. You come in with your boxers, with, with your boxers right? on or maybe. Your boxers, yeah, but I, I do think, you know, that at some point they'll have like NPCs block your way. Like, you know, there, there's the, the a bouncer doorman. at the door. Remember there's yeah. a bouncer at the door. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was, mm-hmm. yeah, that's exactly what I was referring to. You know, you won't be able to, to get past them if you don't have the right attire. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and, and again, this gives you a reason 
to go to uh what's the store in microtech with the nice clothes oh yes and the Apparelli. one in oris and apparelli i mean it gives yep. you a reason to say i gotta go to if i want to go to this party that somebody's right like, Macau, right and somebody's throwing a party and they say it's at the million mile high club like you said i can't stroll in there with my flight suit on i need to go get a certain whatever that gives me the reputation to get past that bouncer. This is real easy stuff, right? If you don't wear yeah. the right stuff, bouncers, you can't, elevator don't open for you. You get there, yeah. elevator lets you come in, right? And again, it creates some stuff for you to do in the game that builds reputation even for yourself, you know? I think yeah. that's a great idea. All right, this is another one from Abyssian. Uh, what's the crime and violence rate of our corp in the lore? The planet always seemed harmless to me like Microtech. I would hope that there will be tons of bounties to hunt and destroy the May stash missions in the various area zones. Yeah. You want to cover so, a little bit of that? Yeah, I'll cover that. Mm -hmm. So, so, you know, the, yeah, the, there's a fair amount of crime. <laughs> a lot. Uh, there's a lot, actually. Yeah, you don't want to walk those, around, un, you know, without looking. Yeah. So violent and nonviolent. Yeah. You know, like, um, you know, there's drug deals going mm. on in back alleys. Mm -hmm. There's people, you know, hiding from the authorities. Black market. Um, yeah, there's the black market. There's mm. a whole lot that goes on in lore um, on Art Court because a planet that big it mm. being, you know, governed by a corporation, they're not, your personal safety is not the top priority of mm. Art Court. <laughs> I'm sorry to tell you, but it isn't. So, you know, it's it's one of those things where, um, because of how it was written up by the narrative team, you know, there will be a lot of opportunities, I would think, for bounty hunting, um, you know, in the various areas of Art Corp in the future. Yeah. When you go, and you guys have done this before, when you've walked through Art Corp and you've gone down those wrong alleys, those back alleys, they don't look very friendly. You know, either, either they're completely abandoned or there's some creep sitting back there, you know, by himself. And, uh, excuse me, we're going to see all these other areas, area 26, area seven, all these other areas where obviously, just like how we, like in Pyro right now, CIG has told us about the gangs of Pyro. There are different gangs that are fighting over certain areas. There's no reason why we couldn't see that same type of thing. Maybe there's a certain gang with reputation that's in area seven, another one yeah. that's in 26. And so when you go there, depending on your reputation with maybe you're in good with Tessius folks, but if you go yep. over to seven, they ain't happy to see you over there. You know yeah. that, you know that Tessia, you know, your wife, she's a gang member. Oh she's yeah. part of the Otani Otani syndicate. syndicate. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And see, again, learning all this lore is going to be important later on so that when you do want to progress through the, through the game and progress through the world, uh, if you don't know who's at odds with who, or if you don't even know certain things exist, you may find yourself missing out on some really, really great gameplay. So that's why we're always encouraging you guys to absorb the lore. We know it's a lot of it out there, but take it in because it's going to continue to expand and get bigger and bigger as the game progresses. Okay. All right. Last one for you, Jade. This is from uh, yes. Kavion. Jade, mm -hmm. can we have a water planet that's next to a black hole with huge tidal waves like an interstellar? Is that a realistic thing? Could that happen? Yes, in fact, there actually is a system that is in um, the game lore and on the Ark Star map called Tamza, and mm -hmm. it is a black hole, and it has two planets which orbit it. Now, they haven't said much about these planets, so, you know, like, it's possible they will draw from Interstellar. I don't see why not, 
because we know one thing CIG loves to do, and that is they, they like to love, write love, what they call love letters to these mm -hmm. different sci-fi franchises. And that movie was huge. So yeah. if you're going to have a system that's a you know black hole in the Star Citizen universe, I think they might want to, just like with, you know, with Art Corp and Coruscant, um, I, I do hope that mm -hmm. they would draw from that for one of these planets. Yeah, I, no question about it. I mean, anybody who's seen Interstellar remembers that scene, you know, and... Uh, at the same time, kind of like wishes that it's in, in Star Citizen. <laughs> you yeah. know, it's as frightening as it was. Um, that idea of knowing, and you mentioned this earlier, you know, there may be those safe periods and safe times in orbit where it's okay mm -hmm. to be there, but you yeah. better be paying attention, you know, because yeah. if not, not a good thing. The only thing that'll be, you know, sort of for some people that love that movie, and I'm mm -hmm. one of those people, mm -hmm. um, kind of immersion breaking is that, you, when you leave that system, you know, all your friends aren't dead. <laughs> this is true. Just saying, you know, <laughs> relativity is a thing, so. This is very, very true, very true. Okay, gang, we have reached it. We're right at the top of the hour. We're right on time. And we hope you guys have enjoyed what we have shared with you today in relation to our Corp. Um, this is a part of, once again, our series on the system tour. Um, next month, we will be going to visit all of you Apple lovers over at Microtech. That'll be our <laughs> that we'll be doing next month. And uh, hopefully we'll have some great conversations about that as well. Um, let's talk about what we got coming up, Jade, um, the next uh, week or so. Uh, why don't yeah. you cover, the, cover those two and I'll cover the last one. Yep. So um, we have coming up on Thursday, Soul Talk, which is where... You in the community come into our Discord and we have a conversation about the game and you know what went on over the last week. And you know, we also watch a Star Citizen Machinima together usually. And that is Thursday at 9 p.m. Eastern time. And then um Saturday is Soul Voices, and that's part part blah, part of Pot <laughs> Saturday. Right, got that right with uh -huh. <laughs> with Astropub and Relay Station, and that is um, Saturday at three p.m. Eastern Time, mm -hmm. and that is where it's a it's a one on one with uh, Griff, uh, and sometimes you have other people who come in, mm -hmm. like yeah, you know, like thirty k, <laughs> and you know they, they play a hater thirty k. Yeah, no, no, it's it's uh, I was about to call him Special K. That's not it either. Um. What is his name? Uh, what is Colossal's name? It's uh, Idris K. Idris oh, K. Idris K. Idris K. Yeah. I've, oh, okay. You see, I was going to call sorry, him Special sorry, K. Colossal. I was going to call him Serial. You're sorry. okay. You did better than me. Okay. <laughs> but we give them the 30K when they come, right? That's the thing, yeah. right? Right. That's the thing. Yeah. You get, you get the 30K <laughs> if you're on there. Yep. So that's on Saturdays. And then next Sunday, we are going to be doing um, a show called... Um, uh, the future of AI. Um, we've had a lot of conversation, Jade. People quite often will say things like, oh, I can't wait to get my Idris so I can fill it up with uh, AI blades and fly the galaxy. Fast cart. <laughs> except it's a bounty merchantman, but yeah. Yeah, except it's a bounty merchantman. We are going to talk about that subject. Um it sounds like a great idea, but we're going to talk about, is it a realistic idea? We're going to talk about it from the aspect of lore, information that CIG has shared with us about um, the game, uh, NPCs, 
Uh, we're going to talk about everything. By the way, if you ever go visit the the bargain basement of the uh, what's the name of the store? The Apple Store. Um, oh, you talking about the Microtech um, uh, factory line? Yeah, factory line. Yeah, the factory all, there's line. a lot of technology down there that we're going to be talking about next week. Everything from cartography to the AI blades, all types of yeah. stuff is down there. We're going to be covering everything from the sensors that go in your eye, your monocle. We're going to be talking about all this stuff uh, that's tied into tech. The sim, yes, the sim pods. Yes. So that's going to be next week. So you guys, if you uh, want to tune in and learn more about that, these things that will help you with your gameplay, uh, that's going to be our subject for next week. Hopefully you guys can join us for that. <clears throat> I'm starting to lose my voice, so forgive me. Okay, we are getting ready to set up for a raid. And it looks like we are going to be raiding uh, Corbin SC because I don't see anybody else punched in unless I missed it. So we're going to send you guys over to Corbin SC. Uh, when you get over there with Corbin, let them know that you came over from the Soul Citizens. I want to give a special thank you to Jay. Jay, thank you so much thank for you. sharing and all of your great wisdom. Press and one knowledge. if you liked what I did and uh, with my yes. You know, avatar we hope you like. Jay gave us a nice animated avatar. We've moved from the static one to something that is yes. much more animated. Very cool. I, I really dig it. Uh, so yeah, put a one in there if you like what she did. We may do some more stuff with that. I might ask her to do. It. I might, oh, yeah. ask, I might ask you to bring I'll, Tessia I'll, alive for me one day, too. I almost oh asked gosh. you to do it for I this could, show. I could do that. I, I totally almost did it. That. You know, she's yeah. in Star Wars, in, in um, the actress. She's in um, the last show that they did. And I was going to steal an audio clip from that and ask you to match it up, but we'll talk oh, about that later. Oh, you know what? We'll talk about that later. Yeah, okay? we'll get, that's the after show. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. She's on yeah. in, in Andor. All right. Anyway, we're going to run, guys. Thank you all so much, as always. Have a great weekend. Stay safe. A week, rather. Stay Thanks. safe. Thank Jay. you, everyone. Mm -hmm. and we'll I see really appreciate it. Yep, we'll see you guys next week. Until then, peace, love, and soul. Be safe. Ciao.